Welcome to the Anything Goes Podcast, the best geek and pop culture show broadcasting from Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we've reached the end of October's month of horrors, 2017, where we've been looking at remakes for the entire month of October, and we've looked at Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, Gus Van Sant's Psycho, most recently uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, and now Andrew Mazzucchelli's it, the 2017 version of it, of it, I should say. And now people are saying, like, well, it's not really a remake of the miniseries. It's more of a readaptation of the original story. So is John Carpenter's thing. It's more, cl- it's closer to the short story than it is to the Howard Hawks produced John, um, uh, the thing from another world. So, yeah, it's kind of cheating here. I'll admit that. However, this was not originally the the episode planned we did ha- um my guest and i had a different movie in mind at first yeah <laughs> and uh the guest who uh, who who's who am i speaking to today it's nikki torres or nikki muggle and what movie were we supposed to do originally texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> the the one the, the 2003 remake yeah um and then we decided against it because i finished finally finished it and finally got to watch the original one and I have not actually fully seen Texas Chainsaw either way. So it worked out did. No, I had seen, like, the first one, I'm pretty sure I've seen almost all of it, but I don't remember it. And then the 2003, I told you I hadn't. So that's why I was like, crap, i got to watch these. And that's why I was like, wait a minute, doesn't it make more sense for us to do it? <laughs> yeah. Within con- when you put it in the context like that, yes, it makes sense. <laughs> so, but before we jump into the movie, since this movie is still in theaters technically, and we- most of our stuff that we review is usually out for a couple of years, so we don't really give a spoiler warning. However, since this movie is still in theaters and some people may have not seen it, I'm putting out a spoiler warning now. We're going to be going into great detail of this movie. If you've not seen this movie, pause it now, go see it, and then come back and uh, start playing it. Or do a bet, like, like after you download this, pause it, delete the download, and download it a second time so we can, so we can get... We, so we can get you get the hype in there. Yeah, the two, two. <laughs> I want to get the two, uh, two bites of the apple there because I'm yeah. selfish like that. But you've been warned. We're, this is gonna be going to spoiler territory. So let's jump into our review of it, 2017, right now. <laughs> actually get into this movie um when did you first hear about the story of it overall so uh i think i had always known about the story of it i pennywise was a character that i i've always known about because of tim curry um i still to this day do not know if i had seen the miniseries before i recently watched it i feel like i must have it must have come across my path but we also know that i got into horror a lot later because i was so scared of it um so i had heard of it 
I knew Pennywise and I'm doing the reading challenge, the 2017 reading challenge. And I was in Barnes and Nobles and I needed a book with a one word title. And there on the table next to me was it. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Forgetting that it's an 1100 page book. So it wasn't my best pick, but that's how I got into it this go around. It's funny that you mentioned this 1100 page book. Uh, there was some, uh, one, another podcast I listened to, uh, Laser Time from Laser Time Podcast Network. They were talking about Stephen King. If he was in a Marvel comic book, he'd be like running out with his typewriter, would fall and break. Only one key would fall off. It was the backspace. I mean, after <laughs> that point, that's how we, his books are so long because he doesn't have a backspace yeah. to do everything. Because to... I, I brought it with me to Turks and Caicos when I got stuck during Hurricane Irma. And the, the joke in the resort was that I must have known that we were going to get stuck for the hurricane. And that's why I brought that big of a book. <laughs> And I lug that thing with me everywhere this summer. That is a heavy book. I probably will never pick it up again. I was actually going to look at my highlights for this, and then I was like, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> it's literally going to go on my shelf and be like a doorstopper or something. <laughs> I, I mean, so how long did it take you to read the book? A lot. Well, I kept putting it down because I was getting nightmares. I really? Was, yeah, I was getting nightmares. Actually, I, one of the – things that made me realize that I was getting so scared. I was coming here. I forgot. I th- we were podcasting for one of um, one of the Harry Potter ones, and I think you were working on something, like you were painting or something, so you had like a sheet, not a sheet, like but almost like plasticky thing in front of your window, and I could have sworn I saw a fucking clown. I could have swore that there was a clown, and I'm walking up to your house, and I was like, that's some fucked up shit, Tim. I hope you didn't put a clown in your window just to fuck with me, and there was no clown, and I was like, it is getting to me. I need to put this down and that I would do that. I would read another book and then go back to it, read another book, go back to it. So that's why I only finished it in September. Meanwhile, I had started this in like August. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like in August in like, not August, uh, April. April, yeah, thank you. I was like, that's oh, the I'm wrong like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, that's not. Yeah, that's wow, like, Nikki, it took you a whole month to finish it. I'm like, no. like, that was, like, I, it took me three weeks to read Christine, and like, that's no. 400 pages shorter than. Yeah. Uh, I picked it up, put it down, picked it up, put it down, because I was getting nightmares. I was like, I don't want to say I was like seeing things, obviously, other than in that situation, but it was really getting to me. And, uh, it was funny because I would bring it to work and I'd have it on the counter and people were like, what the hell is that? And uh, anytime I told somebody, it was either that's the best Stephen King book or I can't get through it. It's too scary. So it was such a cool feedback from everybody. Um, I brought it with – I would – take the train to live on 25s. I had it in my backpack so I could read on the train. I mean, it's a dense book. Those are not breeze. He's not a breezy writer. It's, no, it's very detailed. No, like it's like you, like there's some writers that like write almost like haiku. Just like, like that's how brief yeah. and like such brevity in their description. But no, King is like people like Tom Clancy that they'll go on for pages and pages about really minutia or really small details that build up the world even more and more as it goes along. Yeah, and it's not like there's, like, multiple pages. Like, House of Leaves is a very big book um, that I one day will finish. Um, but they do pages where it's, like, one word. Or there's, like, a just it's just a filler page. Mm. So that's not the case here. Almost all of those pages are from top to bottom. Yeah. So it, it was a challenge. I'm glad I read it. I, it's one of the best books I've ever read. But it certainly was not one that I will go, like, Hey, I'm bored. Let me reread read this. It's it's a journey. 
It's yeah, reread it. Like, re-read like, re-read it. it. I can't <laughs> even say reread. That's how strange it is. <laughs> uh, it's funny that you mentioned like one one uh, word pages and stuff. It reminds me of somebody was talking about the novelization of Gremlins, and you like remember how um, the main character from Gremlins forgets to, he he's tricked into feeding the gremlin the mogwai at the midnight may chain into gremlins apparently in the novelization like apparently there's one chapter where it's like like billy like was like we're trying to remember the rules of like feed, not feeding them at the midnight next chapter is one word or one sentence he forgot and, and then some, oh, sorry as I, as I backhand my microphone there i apologize listeners he's really getting into it people um but uh, so my history with it is i remember my cousin eric was terrified of it still is and because of the miniseries of Tim Curry's performance, and I heard it was so frightening, I, I stayed away from it, despite being a huge horror fan. And I've yeah. just seen the cover of the, the usually the two VHS cop, the copies you would see in, in stores and or in a uh, uh, local library that I run from still to this day because I'm thrifty like that. And so, eventually, I, I think it was after when Nostalgia Critic from Channel Austin made fun of it for. Uh, nostalgia ween a couple of years ago and i found out how silly it is like because of like the kind of melodramatic feelings of it trying to adapt it to tv a lot of this, yeah. a lot of the mini series of based upon stephen king novels in the 90s were like that um like you say about the langoliers or tommy knockers or you want to go to the the only adaptation that stephen king directed uh, maximum overdrive that's really over it's it's over the top and it's silly and 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 so I was like, you know what? I'll finally sit down and watch it. Watched it. I'm like, okay, I get, I get why yeah. kids were scared or people were scared at the time. But now, out of context of the 1990s and seeing so much other sh- scary shit since then, it didn't really have. That it's the same, event. like The Exorcist and things like. You go see these movies after you've heard the hype of how, oh, this was the scariest movie in theaters, yeah. and then you watch it, you're like, I get it, but it's not yeah. that scary because that's. I think I had texted you when I was watching it, and I had the same, and I was just like. Okay, this is actually kind of more annoying me than I'm, like, I'm not scared, I'm annoyed, right. so. Um, it's funny that you mentioned The Exorcist, because when I watched it, it was kind of like, I had seen a bunch of other Exorcism movies before at, before that, so mm-hmm. when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, I can see where they took it from. Yeah. It's like, if I, I had to recalibrate my mind to the context of when it was released and everything, and then all the controversy surrounding it and everything, but... Um, and when did you, how did you feel when this movie was announced? So when this movie was announced, uh, that was a huge push for the book. I knew I had to kind of get my, my act together and finish it because, um, I love Bill Skarsgård. I had watched him in Hemlock Grove. Um, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Uh, it's, I say Bill. No, you're right. No, no I, it is Bill, no, right? Like, you so I've only seen a couple episodes of him at Grove, and I'm like, that's why I recognize <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, okay. I was like, don't look at me. Am I, is it the wrong scar, scar? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a dynasty <laughs> of actors that family, yeah. so I understand And why. I love, I love uh, his brother in as Eric in True Blood, so like, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the family. And uh, so I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, I'll get to see the original. I'll get to see this movie, and I'll get to read the book. I'll do it kind of as a package deal. And... Uh, that's why I was like, my new thing, don't watch a lot of trailers for movies that you want to see. Um, I find that mostly trailers these days are super misleading, and 95% of the time they're giving away a lot of the stuff. So, like, Beauty and the Beast, I only watched once. Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them was only literally one time. Beauty and the Beast, I might have saw a few more times. But I, I tried to limit my access to it or pre-production or anything like that. 
Um, so I was, I was really excited for this movie, and especially now that we are so involved in horror, and uh, I was just like, just super hype, and I wanted to get the book done so that I could do it justice, because this was one of those, sometimes I'll watch the movie first, or the show first, and then go back to the book. I didn't want to do that with this one. I wanted to get the source material and go there. Right. Um, and I was mistaken. It's Andy Mezzichetti, uh, short for Andreas. So I, I apologize for that. I know some people who are big Stephen King fans. I know like they're friends with us, or at least friends with the show because yeah. of the real fans uh, for real movies uh, podcast network that will be listening. And one of them, Jeremy Lloyd, I know you're listening, uh, who <laughs> runs his own, who has his own Stephen, Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> who has his own Stephen King based podcast. So I know he's probably like, ah, oh. he's probably like, I oh, why did I even bother listening to this? And so. <laughs> Because uh, I messed it up like that, so I apologize. Um, and when this came about, I was like, it makes sense. Yeah. I thought like, because of maybe I was so underwhelmed by the fact of the miniseries, because I saw it much later in life, that I'm like, you know what? This could be scary. This could be the right move. And if it's successful, A, it's successful for Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema, which I'm like, for... It's for, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was New Line Cinema. Yeah. And New Line Cinema is owned by Warner Brothers Pictures. So, like, and it's, like, it's more horror movies that will get made. And, like, if it's Stephen King adaptations being done right and, and given the breath that it needs, I mean, like, one of the biggest complaints about the Dark Tower movies that was 90 minutes long. And, just and those to, that's a whole trilogy, they, right? No, it's eight books. Oh, my God. It's even and bigger it's, than it's, I it's thought. It's actually a sequel to, like, the like end of the series, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, good, and it's like, all I right. know it was up. People were up in arms with the about dark the hour. About the continuity yeah. of it. And so I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then cutting it down to 90 minutes is a little baffling to me. And I'm like, okay. And then I know the negative word of mouth kind of did stop me from seeing the movie. I know I'll eventually check it out, but with the success of this, we'll prove to other Stephen King stories that could be adapted. Say like, I would love to see another adaptation of the stand or, yeah. I mean, I was not a fan of the Carrie remake because I love. I yeah, love I was going to say because I yeah I I uh, I think they half-assed the Carrie remake, but I also think this story this is the climate for it because you have Stranger Things and you have that nostalgia, and I think it was smart to make this movie now. Um, people, it's the horror to Stranger Things is is uh, sci-fi fantasy so it, it works and i think people are just not getting scared anymore uh and especially we've been so gored out that i think that they waited to the right time to go back but even if only they had done this as a miniseries they could have done it as a miniseries now because television has that room mm. uh streaming services have that room where they didn't on abc primetime you know yeah i mean I do attribute the success of this is to part of the zeitgeist. A, the Duffer Brothers who created Stranger Things were mm -hmm. attached to it mm -hmm. at one point, And they eventually left the project. And it's just curious that um, uh, the actor who plays Richie and this also plays Mike on Stranger yeah. Things. And obviously Stranger Things is taking a lot from it, the book, in way of its, in its kind of ideas and structure of it. And so, and it's kind of like, it's something that we brought up when we did the Harry Potter podcast. Is obviously yeah. J.K. Rowling's in, is in the wake of J.R. Tolkien, yeah. and so like there are ideas that bled through. I mean, whether it be consciously or unconsciously, that's all left up to debate. So, and then of course, last year we had the biggest one of the biggest scares, uh, at least on the Eastern Seaboard in America, with these clown sightings. Yeah, and I'm like, 
And now people hate clowns. Too. Yes, there, there was a there's legit phobia yeah. named after it. That's uh, my friend. Chris, we were all talking about this at the brewery yesterday because uh, I had mentioned that I was going to be doing this with you today. And my friend Christina, um, she's a little bit older than us, and she you can't mention the c word near her. She loses her shit because of the miniseries, and miniseries scared her so bad. So people are that frightened of clowns, and I think a lot of people these days are that frightened of clowns because of it, because they saw it when they were so young. So it's the those weird random sightings of clowns. Even you go to every haunted house, there's a clown room. Mm-hmm. You will not have a haunted house that does not dabble in clown arts at all. Yeah. There's just something disturbing about always being happy um, look at American, American Heart Story with Twisty, uh, and even this year's, uh, American Heart Story cult has a dabble in the art of clowns too. If you want to go back to our childhood, Are You Afraid of the Dark One, the best episodes, Zeppo the Clown, the cigar smoking clown at one point. Um, and my brother-in-law brought up a good point about this. How funny it would be if it was discovered years from now that the 2016 clown phenomenon was guerrilla marketing done by Warner Brothers? Well, see, and that's I feel like there was there's there's some pull, um, because I think a lot of those were fabricated too. I think it was a social media hoax. Oh, I totally. think some of those actually happened. Um, so I would not be shocked if like four clown sightings actually happened, and the rest were just people like, and now there's a clown here, and then there's a clown there, and now, or there's a lot of haunted houses that just really, yay, it's our time to shine. So. Right. And I, I even wrote down a jot down an idea for a comedy uh, skit where it's a clown trying to get back to his car after entertaining a party, and he's pretty much chased down by a lynch mob, like or like from Frankenstein pretty much who thinks he's a clown trying to scare children and he's just a party clown trying to get home. He's literally just trying to get back to his car. That's cute. Um, <laughs> I mean, hell, like for one of the like marketing things, like this is just pure independent, but um, when it came out, there was uh, one of the guys I'm friends with on Facebook who runs his own horror podcast, that horror show podcast. Um, he was, he was in his library and he just walked down one of the aisles and somebody just left the red balloon and, and just dangling in, in one of the aisles. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I'm like, I hope yeah. that was the horror section right there because it would just be perfect. Or that was like the Stephen King section of the library. Well, that was you with the promo yes. buying the balloons. You thought you were going to have an issue. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was going to get at least one <laughs> weird look when I bought the promo, for, bought the balloons for the promo for this month. And it's funny. I was going through uh, actually some of the old photos in our group chat between you, Dakota, and I. There's still video of you just bonking yourself yeah. in the head. <laughs> no, with... it wasn't me. Dakota hit me in the head. Okay. That's why it's so funny because Dakota, who this is our first time, well, at least you guys podcast together all the time mm. but me and tim have never done a solo podcast um but yeah dakota hit me in the head with this once it was like gentle and then the other one he just like just whack you with you and like hysterical and you hear like this like the resonance of like the reverberating through the balloon and everything yeah. but um so i remember like opening weekend happens and then it was like it was going to be Sunday afternoon when I was going to be seeing it. When did you see it? Well, I was originally supposed to see it the day it came out, but freaking Category 5 Hurricane had other plans for me. Um, so I saw it when I got back. I saw it, uh, thankfully, because I'm a chicken, uh, Saturday matinee showing. 
<laughs> and I had to make sure someone would come with me because I was oh, like, it's so scary. Well, so that's, I love these movies, but they scare me to death. They, uh, whoever comes to see horror movies with me should expect bruises, should expect, like, there's physical contact when I'm like, just whacking whoever's next to me. So, scary movie three, I accidentally scared the guy next to me so bad because I jumped. He spilled the drink on the girl next to him. So, I'm really sorry, Mr. Random Dude, that was at Regal Cinemas with his date that night. Oh, jeez. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, I remember, like, the like, last, like, truly yeah. terrifying moment I had in theater was when I saw Conjuring 2. And I'm sitting because I went by myself because I'm not a sad person like that. <laughs> and I'm sitting at the I'm sitting on the uh, aisle seat, and like the the railing is right next to me. And somebody, um, it was like I was like halfway up the theater, and somebody was coming down the stairs, and they had their hand on the they were using they would grab the railing every few feet. And I guess the person had a ring on them, and so the ring would tap against the railing, and just like the oh, slam down, and it's like. And so yeah. I'm just hearing like the reverberation of that coming down the stairs. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And it was just like it was just an old person just taking their time. I guess their yeah. high school ring was just locking against it. Like, yeah. And I'm like, Phew. I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's just it's just um, Patrick Wilson singing Elvis at that point. I'm like, it's not even a scary scene, but somehow that was unnerving yeah. me. But yeah, so the opening weekend, of course, it was a huge. Bo- it 2017 was a huge box office success. I went to go see it with my brother-in-law Sunday evening. Like I just got out of work. And I'm just seeing droves of people going in. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, is this going to be like fight for a scene or everything? So I bought two tickets just right then and there. I wasn't going to wait for him to show up. Yeah. Despite him living closer to me, and I was coming from Plainview at this point. No, the closer you live, the later you are. It's like a thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because you think about it, you're gonna leave earlier if you're further away because you're afraid of being late. Mm-hmm. But you are gonna leave just the right amount of time to get there if you live closer. But if a rogue light or a stop car or bus, whatever, you know, the being it's you're usually the later of the two. Right. And there is something that, like, his last name is Pollard, but we do have something we call Pollard time that, like, we feel like we should just set whenever they're supposed to be a meeting of, like, friends or family, we should just set it, like, a half an hour yeah. early. And it's gotten to the point that it's, like, his wife, my sister, it's like it's affected her now, and oh. he's he's testified lately. Like, no, no, I was never this bad. It's your sister who's like always slowed me down, and everything. So I'm like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> but he didn't always get t-boned on the way over to this year, so I can't really see what t-boned. I mean. He yeah. left right in time, and then that's what happened. Yeah, so <laughs> we get into the theater, we got uh, decent seats. Uh, last thing I'll talk about before we actually jump into the movie itself, uh, the best trailer that we saw before it was the first like real trailer for the. Disaster artist, the movie making, the, talking about uh, the room. You know, I've never seen the room. Really? I was supposed to. This is a date gone bad story. Uh, he tried very hard. We got tickets to go to the city, everything. And because I worked at the movie theater, I was like, oh, just make sure, because it's supposed to be a midnight showing, like, make sure that it's this day, not that day, because certain theaters, you know, the business day, things like that. So he, instead of just double checking he just assumed it'd be the day before um rather than just call so we went there and there was a sign on the door so obviously we were not the only people but there was a sign on the door that said the room will be showing tomorrow on this day sorry for any inconvenience but we were coming out from you know long island to the city so uh we did not end up but he he did try very hard he was very disappointed that I, he could not show me the room uh so i've i've yet to see it <laughs> I, I mean, like, I have a great story for it. There's a lot of movies I have a great story for that I haven't seen. Like, 
freaking monster squad that I got screwed over with. <laughs> did you see the status that I got? No. Uh, stiffed on tips? Yes, you did, because you commented on it. Wait, 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 wait. Well, oh, yeah. Yes, because you, oh yeah, because somebody was really shitty to you because you had not yes. seen Monster Squad. So there was three dudes, and the guy had a shirt, Stephen King Rules. So obviously I've been prepping for this, so yeah. I was like, oh, dude, cool shirt. And he's like, do you know where it's from? Like, all like... Now, I get a lot of pretentious, but I usually get it in the beer world. I don't get it. Um, well, I guess know. it was red t-shirt with white uh, lettering? Uh, no, he had it was like black with yellow, so okay. it's the wrong colors, too, so Mr. Pretentious. I, I could be wrong, though. So <laughs> no, I'm like... pretty sure because I, I just finished the movie this afternoon. But, um, yeah, like he ended up not – they they didn't tip me because I didn't see it. But I knew all about it because I, the Films on Tap podcast that I listened to, that I, I listened to their It one in, in preface of this, too. Um they had all gone to see the anniversary showing of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, like the anniversary just passed. Like, I, you know, I haven't seen it. I hear it's like, you know, typical 80s. It's got that little bit of cheesy, like, cornballness. Yeah. He's like, it's not cheesy at all. And I'm like, okay. And like, and then he just kind of like, so they not yeah, one really of those. Yeah, about it. Yeah, not one of those three had left me a dollar. And that is the first time in my life that, um, uh, my movie knowledge failed me. If you call ahead, I'll watch whatever you want, just for the record. <laughs> but yeah. Unless Hurricane. Yeah, unless Hurricane. <laughs> it's the one thing that's just. So I um, went and I watched it. I watched it. I finished it this morning. So um, I always write in the universe. But the these are stories that I have to tell about movies I hadn't seen. Do you, do you think monsters exist? Yes, I do <laughs> think monsters exist. Like, oh God, wow. Let's like have, we'll have the concentration camp survivor, the one who's like, the one that the helps scary it. German, the scary Aww. German guy. They, they even credit him, scary German guy. Yeah, in the scary German guy, and he's like, I know something about monsters. monsters. And I'm like, and I was Jesus like, Christ! <laughs> it's like essentially, it, but I see, I see the nostalgia with it because it, it is the Goonies, it is ET, it has all of oh, those yeah. elements, and it once again goes back to the Stranger Things. The reason people are so into Stranger Things is because it brings you back to that. Yeah, so. which I will get into my feelings on that later. But let's yeah. jump into the movie itself. Yeah, it's time for the movie. Uh, yeah, so opening <laughs> scene, uh, it is the famous scene from the... Now, the book does not open like this. It opens... Like, it's like the... No. It's, it opens with a little girl in the book, right? No, in the miniseries, it opens okay, with a little girl. Okay. Uh, in the book, it is, uh, it's a gay couple, mm. and they're getting harassed. Right. So that's how they open up. So the, he doesn't open with that either. Right. Uh, Georgie, I think it's, it's like a chapter later. Yeah. Like, a, it's his, like, 30-page chapters. But, yeah, like, it's it's a little later. Um, but, yeah, neither the miniseries nor the book opens the way that we open. Right. But I think it's the most effective way to set what the freak is going on in it. Yeah, and the funny thing is that, all right, this scene is definitely made famous because of the miniseries and because yeah. of Tim Curry's performance. And arguably, this is probably the most important scene in the movie to get right. Yeah, They had to knock it out of the park, and it's like... And it's like, people say endings are hard. Endings are hard. But for some reason, this scene, like, if it fell flat... They wouldn't... You can't recover. No. You can't recover. And he needed... Uh, Bill's Pennywise had to be its own entity. Right. Uh, if he played Bill, Bill Curry's... Uh, Tim Curry. That's what I meant. Tim Curry. If he... If Bill <laughs> played team, Tim Curry. Team, team, team I can find them together. <laughs> they were like um, Dragon Ball Z right there. Yeah. And it became one. If... Yeah. If he... If it was Bill playing Tim Curry playing Pennywise, it wouldn't have worked. No. Um, I think he did exactly what Heath Ledger did for the Joker. Um, as coming off of like Jack Nicholson's Joker, I think 
they just took it and they took it to the extreme. They took it to the gritty. They took it to the dark. And I, I really like it. And especially at Tim Curry's Pennywise, because maybe because I've only ever seen like pictures. I don't like the voice that Tim Curry uses. Oh, they float. He sounds like someone's like drunk. I think I said this to you, drunk Italian uncle. Like he just has. He's this- playing it. More, he's not playing it as like a, Carney, right? Yeah, he's playing it like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård is playing it like the personification of a being from another world. I I got it more too as kid friendly. He has these kid friendly, like he like the pop pop pop. Yeah, which is so disturbing. And then here's Georgie, like oh pop pop, like he's like so into it. And you're like no Georgie, don't be into this. This is weird. And I think he had to be. He had to have some kind of warmth in his voice. Right. Which is why I think it wasn't Sarah that said it. He sounds a little Scooby Dooey. And then when she said that to me, I can never get it out of my head. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. She said something about the voice, but I never, I never heard the example he sounds like. I feel like you, you said Scooby Doo. So I don't know if she was the one that put it in your head. I have to go back to it. Like, I was going to say, like, like so wait, it's he. That he sounds like Scooby Doo yeah, himself. Yeah, he has a little bit of a Scooby Doo sound. Now this magic, Georgie. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh God. And so the not only- like that. I am not a voice actor. Everybody. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, yeah. Georgie. Okay. And so the opening scene, of course, is Georgie wants to play with his boat. Uh, his brother Bill is pretending to be sick. I don't think he's really sick. He just doesn't want to deal with his brother. I I think he is really sick because his stutter, his stutter is more pronounced. Yeah, but I feel like he fakes his cough, though. Oh, the cough did seem a little That's why I feel like it's not hammy. Like, it's not one to play. But I think it was more like, you know I'm sick. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why he was in bed in his pajamas. Like, it wasn't just like, I want to hang out here. And so, he makes a boat for Georgie. We're introduced to the dark, scary basement. I love how the piano stuff is actually diegetic. It's coming from the mother playing the piano. And Bill Skarsgård's credit is when Georgie draws a smiley face on the window mm-hmm. and then and, and then it fades it fades up from the condensation and everything i thought that was really interesting so we follow georgie out into the street he uh plays with his boat gets clocked in the head from when he looks up into a uh like construction sign runs up this boat as it's going down the drain goes down the drain we're introduced to pennywise and, Hiya, Georgie! I'm sorry, yeah. that's a terrible question. Hiya, Georgie! And uh, we're just to Pennywise the Clown, and you're right, that he had to be as different as it, and I think the Heath Ledger uh, Joker comparison is valid here, because he takes it, and he does not do a Tim yeah. Curry impression, he's doing his own thing, and then, and like, I'm Pennywise the Dancing Clown, and then some people say, like, that seems a little over the top, and I'm like... I like that, I thought that set up yeah. later, um... I think everything in this movie, I, it, everything that's brought in is paid off. Yeah. They don't I, leave any loose ends. Yeah, and I love the articulation of it. Like, some people don't like this line. I like the line delivery of, like, when he's offering the boat to Georgie, take it. Yeah, and it's beholding. gonna kill you. And, yeah. and I love the fact that, it, like, I thought, like, and we see a woman, like, apparently observing mm-hmm. the scene, but very much like how the town is, that it seems like it, adults kind of shy away from the weird things that happen here. The cat does. Yeah. The cat watches like like a like the audience. And we see Georgie get killed. Well, we see Georgie attacked by Pennywise. And I thought just being, we see him get dragged down to the drain. Yeah. But no, it gives no fucks to that. Mm-hmm. It bites off his goddamn arm. You see every row of teeth 
Yeah. And I think the weirdest part, because I think the teeth distract you, is the eyes. The eyes the roll in the back of the eyes head. when they get and like I, I don't I don't know how they did this. Like I'm to this day in awe of this makeup and uh in this fabrication. But just the way that his face squishes up so that his teeth can come out is so I'm like acting it out for poor Tim. Like no, I, I, I wish I was taking a photo of you just like <laughs> Just like uh, trying to articulate with your fingers and your cheeks and everything. I'm like, like I'm going to act confused just so you can try it more and more to see how far that you're going to embarrass yourself here. You it's just you. Your, like, you, just op- you end up opening your head like uh, uh, Gina Davis and Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. that's exactly it, but scary. And Bill has a Beetlejuice uh, poster up in his wall in, that, in his room. And- so. That's. I think it's nice that they they changed the time period a little bit. Yes, I'm glad they the didn't do the 50s. No, I think people are over the 50s. I think we've done enough of. Well, I, I shouldn't say that we're over the 50s, but I think that's been done so much in horror. I think by bringing it into a modern day, uh, you can I, don't bring young kids to this, but you can bring the preteens into this, the ones that are into to horror, because they'll actually relate to it. They're not going to get the greaser feel. They're not going to get it. It's just, it's, it's past their, their time frame where they can picture their parents' age growing up. You know, a lot of our friends with kids and stuff like that, like they can, they can extend back to that. But the eighties is of ancient time for freaking 14 year old right now. They can't right. fathom the eighties. So, the 90s, I think, was a – well, late 80s um, was a good time frame, I think, for this. And Because I, I love, like, the fact – that something I brought up on a podcast that you don't – I can't believe it's almost two years ago at this point. My friend Richard and I uh, – Richard from uh, the UK, we did a obsessed with nostalgia topic. What Like, why was the yeah. 80s obsessed with the 50s? Why are we obsessed with the 80s now? It seems like we do a 30-year cycle. Because if you think of, like, Back to the Future – Well, you know who else does a 30-year cycle? Pennywise. yes. <laughs> and then – I question the fact, are we too obsessed with nostalgia? Oh, yeah. But we're bred to be. You, because you can understand it at this time. Like, uh, it, just think of how crazy 2017 has been and how ridiculous. Right. All it, nobody can make sense of it because there's no distance from it. Mm. So you can make sense of the 50s. You can make sense of the 80s because we've had time right uh so that's i you're literally created to to appreciate like uh even looking at the 90s my my friend just posted a throwback of us in these god-awful coats um but it's adorable because we're not like otherwise we wouldn't have been you showed me a year after i would have been like yeah that was my coat like what (laughs) what's wrong with this picture right so i think yeah you're just meant to enjoy nostalgia there there's just a the time lapse there is what makes everything is everything in the past has a nice glisten to it. Mm. It's too real when it's right Immediate in the moment. And everything. Yeah. And so obviously, like the movie opened up in 1988, we jumped to the end of the year in 1989. We're introduced to all the characters. We're introduced, and I think uh, we see Mike first. Mm. And I, it's something that I feel yeah. like is interesting. Well, interesting because well. They completely changed Mike's storyline. Yes, because he gives, like, the story of him following the history of the town is given to Ben in this yeah. this movie, which I think is a little bit of a detriment to Mike's character. Well, that's, uh, so one of the girls at the brewery, Alyssa, uh, said the same thing. She's like, it really bothers me, and I, my, what I've deduced is they wanted to get away from the fact that Mike is hated because he's black. I think they wanted to take that element out of it. Well, I think that something, at least when we see when Henry Bowers deals with Mike, 
Mm-hmm. I can see, like, there's never, there's not a, a slur. No, uttered. it's get out of my town. You yeah. don't belong here. I feel like. It's not get out, yes. N-word, this and that. I feel like the director probably went up to the actor playing Henry Bowers and said, like, this is what you're saying. This is what this line means. That's why you mean that. Yeah. Like, make that the subtext of your line, but don't yeah. ever, ever say that. Because I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think the racial themes are prevalent in this one. As much. No. I, I mean, it's mostly, since this updates the 80s, I mean, like, yeah. obviously, racial tensions have always been like that yeah. in human history, so. But I think, and I think by killing off Mike's parents and making him, you know, th- his grandfather's raising him. Mm. I mean, they make Mike a little bit more badass, not that, you know, other Mike is not, um, because the miniseries makes him almost, like, detective-like. Like, yeah. He's like a cool sleuth of a librarian, uh, yeah, you know? Um, but the reason I think Mike is so interesting in the book, too, is is really because he's becoming the oral history of the town mm. just because his dad told him the oral history. And it, it he was able to pass it down because his dad was so transfixed with it. His dad was there for Black Spot. He was there for – so I think they do take a lot away in this new it from Mike Hanlon's character. I just don't know how they're going to spin it. If, Apparently they're going to do more with them in yeah, sh- chapter two, which is what I I think they left the door open. Um, so I don't want to be too hard on it yet. Yeah, but he, you know I didn't know this was going to be two parts until uh, when did I realize? At the credits, I it might have actually no uh week before week before I got to see it when they said um you know the you haven't seen the whole movie yet. The release is going to be this part, and I thought it was, like, one of those stupid clickbait articles. Right. But it was actually, I didn't, I thought they were just doing the one movie. And I was like, how are they going to get this whole thing into one movie? It makes sense to do two parts. Smaller books have been done into two parts. Um, but that's why I like this division so much. Right. And I think, well, once I heard the fact that it's going to no. be just about the children, I'm like, all right. If it's, if it's a moderate success, we're going to get the sequel, and that yeah. is a monster success. Yeah. Which I'll get into later on on my predictions of it. But after we introduce the mic and we get the theme of it, like you either you somebody's gonna make a decision for you, or you're mm-hmm. gonna make your own decisions, which definitely plays into things going on. Yeah, that's another. Th- uh, everything's paid off. We're introduced to the pretty much the losers after this point. We yeah. get to see uh, we're introduced to Stanley, uh, Rich, and Bill again at school. We see Henry and Bowers. And you see Eddie, too. And Eddie, Eddie, yeah, and yeah. Eddie. And you get the see, four of them. And we see Henry Bowers and his group of uh, happy... Uh, Do you like them? I just don't think I should. No, no, but like I meant, did you like that they were the bullies? Did you like them the way uh, they fall out? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't think I liked it in the miniseries either. I can't, I can't really recall. I, oh, no, I but, think uh, they were both uh, very disappointing in the... I think they were portrayed very... Like, I didn't like... Even in the 2017 Henry. version? Yeah, I didn't like Henry Bowers. And Patrick Honsetter, um, I guess because the book is so haunting, his version. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I was, oh, what yeah, is the with, point of him, you know? I mean, in this, I mean, like, there is one slight hint to his mm-hmm. darker sides. I mean, A, like, when we see them in the hallway, yeah. and I think Richie's the one closest to them in relation to everybody, how they're in line... Patrick does lick his lips when they're yeah. passing him, and it's obviously if you've read the book, there is that weird scene. Like I don't want to say weird scene, but there is that uncomfortable scene between Henry and Patrick. Yeah, 
I which we could we, we didn't learn about that scene until the adults come back, right? Because that's when Beverly remembers what she saw. Yeah. So there is still a chance that that will happen. Yes. Um. They'll just have to get back Adam Driver's uh, stunt double, the guy. Yeah, right. The kid looks just like I'm him. I'm just like, I'm like, like I want an Adam Driver looking guy. It looks like they just like. And maybe Skin. that was the issue, too. Like, maybe he was too attractive because the whole thing with Patrick was that he was supposed to just be off. Everything about him was off. Whereas Henry was just plain old vile and mean. Yeah. Patrick, you were uncomfortable being around. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a part in the book where he, like, literally, they would say girls couldn't sit in front of him because one minute he would touch their hair, the next minute he'd slide his hand and, like, touch their boob. And, like, nobody did anything because the kid wasn't causing a problem. Henry was. Right. So it's, like, I like that part. And, obviously, he's not important. He's not this big. And if something has to get cut, he is one of them. But I think what's the point of putting him in there? Um, The movie needs – Pennywise needs a body count. Otherwise, you wouldn't think of it as a credible villain. But there's no sympathy for him. So I feel like what does it matter if he dies? No. Yeah. I mean, like, because you want – I mean, like – there's plenty of bad characters that get killed by, like, the villains of the movies. I mean, yeah. I, I, one person I think comes to mind is the end of Hellraiser, where it's, like, the abusive father is, like, literally torn apart by chains of, like, all the Cenobites. And, like, yeah. even though he's a detestable human being, but all of a sudden you see all the hooks go into him and it's underneath his skin and eventually tears him apart. Like, maybe just as a human being, like, ooh, that's really uncomfortable yeah. it's the, the fact that his kill his death was riddled at least two good jump scares the audience would just get, oh yeah and would, the i heart dairy balloon which is a, a a testament to the hat that the is hat. worn in the book yeah right um but we're also introduced to beverly mm. um smoking a cigarette in school and she's yell, she's called out by um greta greta and, oh, God, I felt so bad for Beverly in this scene. I know. Uh, but you know what? It, th- that was done. So, what? one, this Beverly is a thousand times better than miniseries Young Beverly. Yes. Young Beverly was just too cute, too adorable, too sweet. That is not this complicated character that Beverly is. Right. Um. So, I love that setup. I think it was a perfect setup. And when you see her interact with Ben, you get both sides of her. You get, you know, the shit talking she's doing to Greta. Uh, and then you see how caring and compassionate she is to the underdog, essentially. Mm. Um, and how that's going to pay off later on, too. And the fact that, like, she she, she gets garbage, wet garbage yeah. for her. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And, and then, then she's quick enough to put her backpack up like that. Like, I wouldn't even, like, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, no, you were, I, I looked right up into it. And yeah. It got, like, got in a face full well, of that. who thinks, too, to fill a... Like, kids are so... Kids are, oh, cr- cr- kids are terrible. Yeah, I, I, and, kids like, are terrible, man. I mean, like, I'll... I ran with a crowd at one point in high school that... We did pester one kid in particular, and some bricks and stuff were thrown through windows. I never threw anything, but I ran with them. Yeah. Uh, uh, but also, and it's so it's interesting how group mentality makes you do certain things. Yeah, but even at that point, and then the police all, the cops were called at one point, and so um, that not later that night because we decided like, hey, we let's test our luck and everything. So of course we split up. We never did anything like that ever again. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, kids are kids are uh, terrible. As, as Stephen King knows that 
uh, writes it perfectly. He does. He writes it perfectly. And then, of course, we introduced to Ben with his uh, like art project and meeting with Beverly. Which is how just Ben is so damn cute. Yeah, they they casted that kid perfectly. He is just everything you want in that sweet, uh, like not antisocial but sweet, lonely. Yeah. He's just lonely. And the the character in the book says he's like he didn't know it at the time, but what he felt was lonely. And I was like, that's perfect because he's a good natured kid. Mm. And he's just, like, he's a good student. He's smart. He likes to build. So, oh, man, that, that scene. And just when, he, when he's like, uh, don't you go, girl. girl. The new kids on the block yeah. stuff. And he's got his bike and his headphones are trailing. Because he's in a daze because he's, like, so in love. It's so cute. I love the fact that, like, because like maybe, like, I don't know, they're supposed to be the same age, but she's taller than him. She's so much. She's matured a lot older than which i mean that happens that's right. just how that works um which is also why she gets so much shit which is why she's called a slut and things like that is right. because she does not look what are, are they supposed to be 11 yeah 11 12 yeah like so so she's young um but she does not look you know you ever hear like creepy like pedo guys that are like she didn't look like she was 16 mm. i know that's like yeah. the gross it's so gross but I skipped this crawl. You there are that. moments like yeah. like Beverly where you're like, no, no, but she really doesn't look. 12. No, no, she, and it's obviously it plays into her father uh, and her Please relationship later on. Little girl, Bevy. Oh, anyway, so they we, didn't even make him full fledged creepy, and he's still yeah. Um, I love like, one little detail. So obviously this is 1989, and it's a Warner Bros. release. At one point, we see the marquee of the movie yes. in the background. So it's Batman 89 and Lethal Weapon 2 in the background. Nightmare on Elm Street. What, well, five, five, right? At the end of the summer, because that was a late summer release, and that was a new line yeah. cinema release. Which, Isn't that, is that like us that notice that stuff, though? Or does everybody pick up the, the movie marquee? Every podcast that I've listened to has reviewed it as like, but especially I know every two film geek like they the film on Taff guys did it too. They right. said the same thing. And, and like was it uh one podcast, Hey Do You Remember? Chris like that's one of his favorite movies. He did like a three hour podcast yeah. reviewing uh, Batman, so of course that was that was mentioned and then Andy, that's part of the real fans, he's a huge fan of that movie, so he obviously brought that up. So but that's like as soon as I I, I nudged my brother in law, it's like, Oh shit, that's Batman yeah. and yeah, no, like, I just find, I find little details like that really amusing. Um, so we get to see a little bit of the dairy that we have missing children. We have um, the mother of, oh, I forget her name now, the missing girl. Betsy, Ro- Be- Betty, Betty Robson. Yes. Betty Robson. And like she's I just still- Ripson. Robson, you know me and freaking pronouncing yeah. shit. I'm like Teddy Robson. I'm like that's that's yeah, my little. <laughs> that's, I'm like that's. Oh, the I got it. Where's Dakota for the fact checking? Uh, yeah, but Betty um, Ripson, I think it is. And so we have the mother hanging outside the school. We we have Henry interact with the loser club. Um, we introduce to the sheriff. We don't know it's his Henry's dad at first. We just think it's a cop. Just like I don't like ball. that. Then we don't have a clarification that it's his father right away. Or no, that... no, I don't like that he's a sheriff because I thought he was a cop in the book. No, he was in trouble with the law because oh. he kept fucking with uh, Mike Hanlon's dad. Right. He was, like, down, like, we're talking, like, the trash of Derry. He was bad news bears, mm. abused the shit, shit out of Henry. I mean, not that the sheriff, I, 
I mean, I guess that kind of does add a cool element to it. And he does have one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, but I think I know what it is. You know what it is? I think, I think I know what I wrote, it is. I wrote it down. I made sure Good. I had it. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about because, like, when I – the relation – the whole thing with Henry Barris is because in the book you do come to sympathize with him. And I think a little bit so in the miniseries. Um, I'm curious what they'll do with it in part two. Um He's a really scared kid, and that's why he's lashing out the way he is. That's why Patrick needs to offset that. Patrick has to be the one that literally is the sociopath, because Henry Bowers isn't. He's just literally uh, everything that Pennywise needs to feed off of. Right. So I, it, that's why I'm like, I don't know if he, if that authority. Like, I don't think you'd let your kid be that bad if you have a sheriff. Either. No, but I feel like that would, that would. Make Henry want to, um... Oh, like, it's like, uh, when you're, like, uh, the priest kid? Like yeah, you're gonna, you, you, you want to lash rebel. out even more now. Because because I don't... Th- does he want to lash out, though, because of the authority? Or he literally just... Like, and they don't even... Po- uh, at least he didn't poison dog, because people when dogs are killed are... No, but they came close to it, like, wanting to shoot the, the cat, cat at one yeah. point. Um... And I thought that was I'm like either a he's gonna kill the cat or b he's gonna wound his friend here. It's one or the other. I thought that was gonna yeah. happen, but luckily his father intervened at that moment. But yeah. when we start to see the losers, uh, um, get uh, Pennywise starts to meet them. I think Mike's introduction to Pennywise I think was the scariest when we like when Ooh. Henry like Henry I don't know if it was the scariest, but it definitely unnerved me a lot. Yeah. And because, like, Mike's going to, he's taking the meat in from the slaughterhouse that he, his grandfather owns or works at, and so he brings it into town. And he's about to go in the front door, but that's when Henry Bowers and his uh, gang of uh, Scooby Doo uh, members are tearing ass uh, with, with the Trans Am blasting uh, metal music. Of course, making metal to be the, the bad the bad kids will listen to that. that. That hurt my feelings a little bit, but I'll, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, well, they don't go into, like, Richie's love of music or anything like that. No, so. And so he goes around back to go into the back entrance, and that's when he sees the uh, vision of his parents trying to get out of a burning building. And, like, that unnerved me. And then the door yeah, opens the, up, and we see Pennywise just sit, swinging himself on the on chain. On the meat locker chain. Ugh. And then that's when then Mike's uh, jostled awake by, or jostled back into reality when Henry shows up. And it's like, get, stay, get out of my town. Yeah. And tears off because he's pussy like that. Um... And then we see Stanley trying who's studying for his bar mitzvah yeah. and um he can't just rem- he can't remember the sayings correctly. And this is a, because a bar mitzvah and supposed to be coming becoming a man and he can't And his father's a rabbi. The father's father's a rabbi yeah. and he can't achieve it. He can't ha- he's having problems with it. It's a problem with his manhood in in a certain way. Yeah. He can't he can't, can't in that faith. It. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, he takes his, the um, uh, the book back to like put it back on his the shelf, and that's when we get to see the painting, yes. the creepy ass fucking painting. Uh, so I, I looked up the artist's name, and I'm I'm gonna butcher it. I, it's just who I am as a person. Uh, so it's Emilio <laughs> Mugivani. Um, Just which, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> easy. Um, so basically, Andy's had grew up with these paintings, with that artist's work. Um, and that's his vision, like what used to scare him as a kid. So that painting, which has changed, Stan's fear was not that in the book. Um, 
nor in the miniseries. But that painting is so creepy. It's so disturbing. Like, why would you have that up in your office? Yeah, and I, I mean, the flute, I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not well-versed in Jewish faith, but I'm pretty sure the flute is pretty, pretty big in, in uh, religious beliefs. Right. Um, so, I, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, it kind of works. Yeah. Um, but I also understand why he's devastatingly scared of it. Um, even when Georgie was going into the cellar in the first scene, how scared he – I still – I can't go. I have, like, a basement. I can't go. I'm like, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Nobody's in the basement, and I'm freaking out. So there's just this realism to it, and you put yourself in their shoes. That picture would disturb the crap out of me if I was in it by myself. And there's a Star of David window, like, shining on it, like – that was creepy. That was very scary. What do you think of the effect itself, the CGI? So, uh, others have complained about it, but I like that they're not seamless. I like that these effects, I mean, the leper later on, things like that. I think they need a almost caricature, caricature mm-hmm. um, of fear because that's what I think the kids are seeing. Um, so I think it needed to, you have to be like, it's not really there. Yeah. Just like with Richie's, you know, missing poster, it's not real. And I think if those effects were perfect, uh, that's a little harder to, to believe. And the fact that like, these are 11 or 12 year old kids. Yeah. If you were that age and saw that, you'd be freaked out. If Freak you were the fuck ad- out. If you were an yeah. adult, obviously... And that's like kind of the one justification I have is like if you're like a, if you're like a preteen, these stuff would scare the shit out of you, and so that's how I kind of justify it. And then we get to see um, Ben in the library doing his research, and we see the ironworks, the ironwork explosion. I'm throwing things at Tim because I got so excited that we brought this up. Oh, ah, uh, that's it's it. Long it's gone. gone. It's whatever. I, I didn't want to like throw it too far. No, just it's like... whatever. Um, you know the librarian at first, I thought that was a fuck up. No, I saw that immediately. The first time, though, I thought it was a fuck-up. I really thought... I'm like, who didn't catch this extra looking right at the Like, I'm sitting at the theater, and I'm like, because... <laughs> I'm like, somebody fucked up. Because we see Ben, like, going over the history of uh, Derry, and the librarian gives a snooty comment about the fact that, like, why don't you shoot outside with your friends? Don't you he, have any friends? And, he, and he, like, fuck you. You were... Like, like, Ben pretty much just said that about just being kind of polite about it. Even the miniseries gets the the library a little bit better because the library is supposed to be like kind of this warm safe haven for ben um and then this one it's colder but i just like that there's not one fucking redeeming adult in this entire world including the librarian that was supposed to be ben's like favorite person in very yeah. um but she, she really fucking mean to that poor kid and there's like a one point where like she walks yeah. into the background he's in the foreground looking at something and he's on like the left side of the frame and on the right side of the frame and watching because maybe because I was on the right side of the theater, and and then see the, her turn, face him out of focus, and just smile. I can see the grin. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because she didn't have the grin at first. So I really thought she fucked up, and then she smiled, and she stands exactly like Pennywise does. So the shoulder, like, we both did it. Like a Larry, so funny. Larry King impression, yeah. really shoulders up, and we just kind of like shoulders arched our up, back. and then like just arms dangled, and then that grin, and it's just like. Duh. That's that's unnerving. And then he's turning the photos more and more, and seeing the kids that that blew up in the ironworks and everything. Yeah. And then see the head like open his eyes. And he's like, oh crap! And then we see the balloon 
he follows the balloon down into the basement, and immediately I thought of Ghostbusters for some reason. I saw like the ghosts, like if they, they yeah. try to talk to at first, and it ends up scaring them. And I love the fact that, like, with movies, especially the past couple of years, like, they'll drop in Easter eggs and hints at other things. And then he it's literally legit. dropped it's an Easter egg. egg. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, and then, like, I'm laughing. And he comes out, the kid comes out of the stairs, he's missing a head, smoke coming out. I'm still laughing at the yeah. he dropped Easter eggs. So I'm like, maybe know, this is not so the smart. intended effects for this scene. No, but I think, I think it was. I think that because, you know, what made that work is how freaking unnerved you were when that boy with the decapitated boy starts running yeah like i'm like no 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 like it's not supposed to go that fast like that was one of those moments that really got me and he and looks I, back and it is pennywise yeah and when pennywise calls him egg boy i, I didn't notice this the first go around but i noticed it last night when i was re-watching it i was like why did he call him egg boy <laughs> like that's like the least frightening insult like hey uh, egg boy yeah <laughs> Hey, eggs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess too because he's been getting called fat like the whole movie so far. Yeah. Like maybe it is good that it reminds me of like the one like really funny line. It's from the miniseries where like it's, it's adult um, Ben and he's like kiss your woman. And he, like all of a sudden it turns out to be Pennywise and like Pennywise turns to him and like yeah. kiss me, fat boy. And it's really ridiculous and over the top. So maybe we'll have that line in the second chapter. So after that. Ben runs out of the library trying to relax, runs into Henry Bowers and his gang, yeah. who decides to carve his name into... Into freaking Ben. And, like, even one of his friends is like, yo, son, this is well, not cool. And he needs that. You need that that voice. There's always going to be a moment where it's like, when you're, especially when you're friends as kids, somebody's going to be like, whoa, I'm going to support you. I'm going along with you. But this might be over the top. Right. Which is why I thought he was gonna shoot him yeah. with the cat and i'm like oh my god he's gonna shoot him for defying him but when you're introduced to ben in the book uh he's at a bar his like favorite joint and he's like showing the scar so i'm really glad that they and i i think this scene was close enough to the miniseries they're they're very close mm. um and then the car going by and not not giving a fuck yeah, the, the, the adults that right with that background. red balloon. Yep. Which it's like you start to wonder exactly how, and I think this is why this movie works. This is why this book works. Why the miniseries works is you start like, what are the effects? What like how how blinding is fear to everybody? Mm. Like, do these people not want to get involved in the books? Some people do get involved, and then like uh, somebody's getting beat up, and like the drugstore owner like tried to get involved, and then Henry threatened them. He turned it on him and he pushed them. And it's like fear stops them from getting involved. Where here, I think it he Pennywise blinds a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the case of Beverly's dad, like inhabits them. So it's interesting. It's like who who is influenced, who isn't influenced, you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even Bill's parents, Bill's parents are so mean. And it's just like grief and fear yeah now they're like oh my only child we don't want you messing around with this you have to just let it go mm. and it's like because they're afraid that you're gonna find something that you shouldn't find right and so ben gets a good kick into henry's yeah. nuts and he goes over the railing and falls down the the uh, very long hill and everybody gives chase Around the same time, before earlier in the library scene, we see Bill and everybody ride their bikes down, yeah. and he's riding silver. 
and we don't get too much. We get two nice close-ups of the Silver name on the bike. We don't get the real yeah. full history of Silver. They did a lot of that, too, where they, they would show, like, a... The Bradley Gang and stuff like that. Like they show little clips that the pipe works and well, the what is it? The pipe works, right? That's the so. factory. No, um, the iron works. Iron works. That's what I meant. And so, like, you see little things. Oh, yeah, of the black them. spot, like, is on the background. Yeah. And stuff. So just enough that you're like, okay, hey, book fans, we see you. We know what we're supposed to, do, but we couldn't fit it in. Yeah. Um, which I think is, I thought was clever because little. Easter eggs mm. like that is what makes your hardcore Stephen King fans happy without distracting people who won't understand it. Right. And so we see uh, losers. Uh, Bill wants to go into the pipes because he believes Georgie may have gone out to the Barrens and he's still yeah. alive. His father doesn't want to do that. They go into the pipes. Uh, Richie's following with him. Eddie, who's the germaphobe and doesn't want to go, and Stanley is very petrified because he wants to have a nice summer he wants to relax richie's like ah i'll go anywhere he's just kind of just Rich- busting balls wherever he goes yeah richie's just annoying like none but he's like so consistent about yeah. it that it works i'm surprised nobody i'm i'm kind of like disappointed that nobody said beep beep to him earlier yeah i think you know when i think it's, it's gonna come up in part two the beep beep's gonna come up the most in part two when they start to remember things right and so we get to, we get to see the gray water. We they, they are hysterical. Yeah, they. I'm so glad they went with not like a meek Eddie. Yeah, they got one that because somebody would have to give it back to Richie. Like you could oh, yeah. just have a motor mouth and nobody. And because I like the hypochondriac, but in like a nervous energy rather than like I can't do that. My mom says no. Right. And so that 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 chemistry you, that's that was brilliant. And then Richie's pick up the stick, and he's just like, it doesn't smell like cock out to me, son. You're already throwing it at them. Have you ever heard of a staph infection? I'll show there you a staph, staph infection. infection. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Ben, like, stumbles into them. They grab him to bring him to the pharmacy to get uh, treated. And that's when Patrick hears something in the pipe that they were just at, because he's giving chase. And he has his, like, aerosol can mm-hmm. and lighter, goes into the pipe to set fire to Ben, most likely. And here's some here's some voices. And after they the losers also did discover the shoe of the girl that we mentioned before that was missing, he runs into zombified versions of the victims, freaks them out. At that point, I'm like, no, you have a fucking flamethrower in your hand. I don't care if those demons are coming at you. Defend yourself with that. I'm sorry, Patrick. Yeah, I think. Well, how did he make the wrong turn? And it ended up. Because, like, I feel like he didn't go that far into it, and then he ends up with a wrong term. Pennywise was changing the geography of pipes because he had done that, and he messed with with Stanley later on in the movie. Yeah. That's his domain. And so Patrick is killed by Pennywise. And some people, like, question the fact that, like, okay, if he had to coddle and, like, prod, like, Georgie to killing him... I kind of like, because even though he's been doing it for a long time, maybe his power was not as strong as it was, and after killing George, he became more bold. I thought that's when he just woke up. That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, because, like, even he's drooling. Like, did you see his drool when he gets to George? He's so salivating and everything. Yeah, so I think, but I also think it was, like, a crime of opportunity, because all of the other ones, they, like, Beverly, he talks to her through Mm. it all. So I think he picks and chooses. And also, I think Patrick, it, it depends on what fear he's admitting. Right. Because I think there that's, it sounds weird, but that's the seasoning. You know what I mean? Yeah, so salt like, and the meat and everything. Yeah, so like I think Patrick 
who would have literally been like everything flipped on his head because they had no clue about Pennywise. Right. Um, They had no indication at all. Like at this point, I think almost all of the kids had seen some, I think it's Richie and Beverly or the only, no, Richie, Beverly and Eddie are the only three that hadn't seen anything yet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he just got completely blindsided. So he probably was so afraid that he didn't have to coddle him out. Right. And so after that, they go to, um, the pharmacy, and two things are happening here. One, the kids go in, the losers go in to get uh, supplies for Ben to patch him up, pretty much. Yeah. And at the same time, Beverly is buying, presumably... Lady products. Yes. <laughs> and and, and something, another reason I guess I wanted to have it on, like, I mean, question is, like, going through that, because... Mm. I, as a man, have never gone through that. Are you sure? No. Yes, I, I am. I know I am a pretty effeminate. I am not the most masculine person in the world. I can be a bro at times, but no, I've never bought lady products like that. Even upon request, like even I wasn't even asked. Like, can you pick that up for me? I wasn't even asked that. Like that's yeah. that's one thing. So I don't know if I've ever asked anybody to get it either. No, I mean, that's like a they, married thing. I guess so. It's but like it's that, like, like next level, you know? Right? Like, hey, can you get pick those up for me? And like, no, here you go. Just give the yeah. go. It's you, icky. Yeah. Like well, that's why she hides them so quick behind her back when the boys are there. I, I mean, as a woman, like, when those changes start to happen, you start to develop and everything like that, and, like, people start to notice you, like, I mean, how how is that like, how is that kind of, like, affecting, like, your worldview of people in general? Well, so, with the thing with Beverly, uh, in this movie, so it's not the case um, in the book, and I can't, is her mom around in the miniseries? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't. Right? Maybe. Well, we're forgetting things about it. Yes. Look, the dairy curse is real. Exactly. Um, So, but her mom is not around. And so she's going through this. She has kind of a scary. It's not like he's an approachable dad. He's not like, you know, those dads on YouTube that are watching hair tutorials so they can braid their, you know, there's a lot of single dads doing it out there. You go single dads raising daughters. But, um. He's not like that. He, She can't go to him for any of this. Um, so that scene where she's literally just, and she just picks a box, my heart went out for her because I was like, yeah, this is not, the, she's at such a weird transition and she's doing it alone, which is why Beverly needs to be such a strong character, which is why young Beverly in the miniseries annoyed me so bad is because she, you know, she was so timid, but th- there's an independence and a vulnerability to this Beverly. Uh, this act, what is her name? Do you know her, her uh, name? Hold on one second. Cause she, uh, she's so talented and I cannot wait to see what else she does because I really think she's going to have a really long career. Um, but this is, it just goes back to that. There is not one redeeming adult, uh, when she's distracting him with her womanly charms, that should not have worked as well as it did. That was disgusting. And I love to say that it, that's not how that works. Uh, it is, though. You know, Sophia uh, Lillis, L-I-L-L-I-S. She, I really think she's going to. Oh, yeah, she has a huge rear head. So talented. I think all of them do, honestly. I think so, too. I think the only one that really didn't do anything for me was Stan, but I think that's just his character. He wasn't given much to do, so I guess we'll see how So it's not his fault. Um, But, yeah, like, that whole scene, they just nailed it. And how enamored the young boys are with her. Right. And how enamored the adult men are with her. (laughs) 
I mean, we're living in the world of the Me Too campaign. Women should not have to write that they've been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed on social media. And everyone is doing it because they want people to realize how big the the problem is in light of all of the Weinstein uh, accusations. And Beverly is a perfect example of that. And I think blood has been used in horror movies. It's that loss of innocence. It's We see it with Carrie. Yeah, um, it, I don't think, I don't remember him saying Hyman at all last night. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, right? He does in the miniseries. He does say in the miniseries? No, he doesn't, but he does in the book. You know, like, and... I think it's subtler in the movie with, like, are you still my... Are you still my little girl? And just over and over and over again. And they do uh, that, they say, in the miniseries. But what he's asking, that's... Ugh! Ugh! Like, it's just so disturbing. Um, And I think it is... Because she really is on the cusp of womanhood and everything is changing and she's she's running at it full force where someone like stan is struggling with this change and bill can't let go of georgie so bill can't move on and so they did that that scene was just phenomenal that whole and that's where you also see pennywise behind them too pennywise is uh on the mural behind ben when they're patching him up right also is it weird that every time they say, like, Richie was like, you have to suck the wound first. And yeah, I, you suck the blood. And I was like, AIDS. That's how you get AIDS. Like, the blood oath. I'm like, that's how you get AIDS. Yes. Like, they even bring time. up AIDS at one point. They do. Eddie's like, he should, my mom's friend got it just from touching and he had a hangnail. And yeah, like, yeah. But, like, got... that's not ha- But I'm like, but what but, they do with the blood oath at the end, like, that's how you But the blood do. oath is okay. <laughs> like, that's something that works in the 50s. May not work in the 80s. But uh, if you do notice, they don't hold, like, it's not like a... The bloody hand to bloody hand. No, it's just like yeah. Is their cut hand to the next person's clean hand? To the next hand. person's clean hand, but it's still blood. Yeah, that's how you get AIDS. Yes. like literally every time I see it, I'm like oh, AIDS. That's why, like, they don't have Eddie in the next one. It's just like how Eddie died of AIDS. Like, oh, oh my god, can you imagine? I don't think they'd go that route, but that would be so fucked up. Like uh, they heard this one podcast where the girls just kept saying AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> it was like it was. I was thinking of Team America, like, AIDS, everybody's got AIDS. Um, not HIV, but full-blown AIDS. Anyway, and so Beverly is introduced pretty much to the losers, helps Ben get kind of patched mm-hmm. up while distracting the pharmacist to get the yeah. supplies that needed. So creepy. Oh, God, like, oh, like, oh, you look so much like Lois Lane. Like, oh, God, like my skin. You look like Clark Kent. Well, you look like Lois Lane. That literally means he wants to bang her. Yes. No, and, and who he has a daughter her age yes and it's not just the first look when like when she knocks over like the little thing on the counter it's not the first look it's this the look back before he goes to pick it down i'm like it was used in the trailer too so i'm like oh god that is so unnerving well that's you know the whole like oh, I hate, it makes my skin crawl to say it but you know how like there's like adult men who like to be called daddy and sexual things i've had a fight with one customer at the brewery so many times I my skin crawls when I think of especially when you have kids it's one thing if you're a single man and you've not had kids and you in your adult door indoor play whatever the hell yeah. you do if you want to be called daddy whatever that's still gross but fine but when you have a child of your own and part of your sexual fantasy is to be called daddy I'm sorry, that's so disgusting. I'm sorry. Like, there's not, like, I'm into some weird shit, and I cannot fuck with the daddy shit. Ugh. It's so weird. 
I, for one, am offended by this, and I will be I know how many, how many dudes are going to be like, fuck that bitch, she doesn't want to be. Yeah, no, like, I've been called many things in the midst of things, but I was ne- I've never asked for it, and I've never been called that. And yeah. if I was called that, I'd be like, no. Like, I got oh. offered $50 at the brewery once, and he's like, just say it once, just call me daddy once, and I said, absolutely not. <laughs> There's you been- know that person's going back, well, as soon as they leave, yeah. they're jerking off their car to that, you know that's going to happen, I'm sorry to say. Oh, he was such a sketch. Well, he doesn't come in anymore. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Old um, regular. <laughs> and so, Bev goes home, we introduce to Bev's dad, and like, are you still my little girl? <laughs> Which is to the children's program that nobody's paying attention to. Yeah, so the first time around, I was like, wait, something's off about this children's thing. And I am and I knew um, Shmaley was with me. And I was like, he he's definitely not catching that. Nobody catches it the first time. The second time, everybody catches yeah. it. Well, I shouldn't say nobody catches it because obviously we caught it. But it, for the most part, it's over. I, it. I didn't catch it in that scene. Okay. Second time around, I because well, I knew like there was something on the TV when she comes in. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's what she's watching because yeah. of the scene we have later on. Um, and so, it was, and then Bev um, in defiance and wants like because she's just been so disgusted with everything that's happened to this. She ends up cutting her hair. Well, it's not everything that's been happened to. It's just it's, it's the just dad. A, okay, because the dad was sensually like, stroking her hair. Sensual leg. Um, <laughs> Here's looking at you, Dakota. <laughs> <coughs> but literally, like, watching that scene, I don't know if it has the same effect for you. I mean, you'd have to let me know. But I was skeeved out to the core. And I've been, like, where somebody will grab my arm or somebody will put me in a position where I'm, like, I'm so uncomfortable, but I can't pull away for whatever reason. Uh, the same reason I don't want to be a waitress. I don't want to go to a table because something about me, people think they can just automatically, like, touch parts of me like it's not like they're like they're not grabbing the obvious parts but like they'll put their hand on my arm or something like that and so no no like i don't know you don't touch me so here's we like the bar because it is yeah i have have my my comfort zone um and people just get close to you so here's bev whose dad it's her father just crossing that line and that's why she chopped her hair off she literally just chopped it off She's a beautiful girl. Like she does not need all that hair. But that's she had long hair. That's not you don't get that hair overnight. No. So it's because of how skeeved out she was after that, and how awful. I mean, one she's already kind of embarrassed to be coming home with those products, and then he like blows up her spot, and then asks her that goddamn question: "Are you still my little girl, Bevy?" Now, I've never been, like, touched inappropriately like that that I need to do something that can't dra- do something like that. But I have been, like, so hated with my own self-image that I would... Like, a drastic change. Yeah. Girls drastically change their hair all the time. Like, the, the main joke is, like, if uh, your girl leaves you and she changes your hair, you ne- you never get in her back. Yeah. Um, I, I almost got hit by a, a truck once, and I, like, cut my own bangs. It's something about because... Your hair, uh, it's a it's a big thing for women, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of girls out there that would agree, is that length of hair and hair type and things like that has been ingrained in the image of beauty, mm-hmm. that women with short hair, women with, um, you know, balding, things like that, it's a huge issue, um, and women who choose to have short hair, 
I guarantee you hear on a regular basis exactly what Bev's dad said to her, which was, you look like a boy. Right. It has nothing, none of that has anything. You're still super feminine. Uh, most women who rock short hair fucking kill it. Mm. It looks amazing. Um, but there's something about the idea of long hair beauties yeah. um, that you're just like, fuck. Like, you really want to do something that you fuck with your hair and then you regret it for like the rest of your life. But like never cut bangs. Um, but that's that scene is so, pa- everything that they do with Bev is powerful. I can't rave about that enough. I'm just thinking of, like, Rapunzel, like, going through a really bad breakup. Well, even, just, like, I mean, having her cut her hair. A great example. Like, the whole plot of Tangled, she cut her hair to save Flynn. Yeah. Like, she makes this drastic sacrifice as part of her that's been part of her since a baby. She just slices it off. Uh, it's it's big. Um, who, who does it? Uh, Empire Records. Uh, oh, shaves um, her hair, yeah. uh, her head. Um, like Bev, was it Bev? Was her name Bev too? I think it might have been. Oh my god! But yeah, I um, GA Jane. Yes, buzzes it all off. There's a reason that this is a motif that comes up in films. It, it's it's a very powerful thing with women, and I think it resonates very quickly. And I also think it's something that that, that men over. It's an oversight. They they don't. It doesn't resonate with you guys as much uh, because you're. Unless you have something like Sunshine and Remember the Titans where they make him cut his hair. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm so upset. But it's like, oh, the hippie finally cut his hair. No big deal. You move on with life, you know? Right. And in the following scene, we see the boys go down to the uh, quarry like to go to go uh, swimming. And they're all kind of like hawking loogies over like what guys do. Trying to see like ooh, distance and everything. That's when, and they're all in their tidy whities and that's when Deb shows up and like she jumps Debra. in. Deborah. It was Deborah. Debra. Oh. They said Deb. That's why. They call Deb. Deb that's Beb. why. Close enough. Um, so, I almost said Deb. Uh, Bev shows up and she jumps in first. Everybody goes in after her. Yeah. Um, obviously, Bill and Bev have their kind of like just like meeting of the eyes. And then and you have the little triangle with Ben having yeah, a same. meeting of the eyes of them meeting of the eyes. Yes. And- Always choose the fat guy, ladies. One, you'll always look skinny if you date a fat man or a big dude, big dude squad. Um, but two, look at, like, the whole movie. Fine, you gotta... shame me for being yeah, skinny now. Yeah, how dare you be skinny now, Tim? Yeah, no, I'm just going to just, just um, go eat all my ice cream and then stop doing push-ups in the morning. Ben, this whole time, I have more to say about that later. Let's yeah. just keep going. Uh, we, get, we first mentioning Returnal. Big thing, it'll be, it'll be a part of it. Yes. Um, after that, they... They talk about like Ben brings up the the idea of the history of like the bad things that have happened at uh, Derry. So they go to Ben's room to see all the um, like if he was an adult. Did we skip Eddie's fear with the leper? Not yet. That happens. That happens next. That oh, I thought next that. Scene. Okay, sorry. I thought that happened earlier. No, because I because there's a continuity thing here because we yeah. see all the kids on their bikes riding around and everything. Yeah, we see them ride to Ben's house. We see them going to Ben's house, and it's just the. It's all the news headlines of dairy all up on the walls. If I was a parent that moved, just moved into the town, the kids not really making my kids not making friends. And all of a sudden, it's just like all the tragedies that happened in the town just stapled on the wall. I may ask a question or two, but then you again, may. But we're in dairy. So yeah, and they don't care. I mean, they may question with the new kids on the block post on the back of the door. Maybe that's that was so. Cu- I do like, and the best part is, I mean, not only was that a huge band at that time, 
but the new kid, kid on, on the, the block. block listens to the new kids on the I'm block. I'm like, how fucking adorable. I never, I mean, new kid on the block was just before me with boy band craze, but I was the instinct backstreet boy. So like, I get that. Right. And I also get how it was like, oh, you're listening to them for guys, like guys yeah. who cannot. So I love Bev's little secret and that little, and that's why they have good chemistry. She just connects with Bill. What more? Yeah. Um, who is it Eddie that yells at Richie? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's like one of those quick little lines that you'll miss because they rapid fire so much. But uh, he's like, maybe he's just trying to make some friends, Richie. Because he's like, this is weird and that's not cool and that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to balls the entire time. Because <laughs> somebody tolerates Richie, you wonder, like, why does this kid have friends? How can yeah. this kid have friends if he's just being an asshole like just that? Just annoying. Um, and so, because the reason why, because. They're all riding their bikes here, and all of a sudden, Eddie's walking down the street past Kneebolt. No longer on his bike. It's the same day. Ah. Uh, and it's a bother me, I'm like, because there'd be no reason for him not, there'd be no reason for him to stop. You know, there is a scene later on, too. Um, I explained it away, but I, I didn't realize this was a trend. I didn't, I didn't click. Um, but later on, when Eddie breaks his arm, mm-hmm. and then they all end up in front of somebody else's house, mm-hmm. and it's just a... There's no, you don't see them leaving or anything yeah. like that. You just see them at the next person's house. I was like, oh, it's just like a really, it's like a poorly planned jump cut. And, yeah. you know, obviously they couldn't call Eddie's mom at this house. Um, but I don't know why he would leave the bike unless it's not his bike. I, I'm not too sure. I know in the book they don't all have bikes. Like they would a lot. Of, and then the miniseries too, a lot of them would ride on silver. Right. I, I, I may be mistaken that it's the wrong day, but I'm pretty sure it's the same I, I think, I think, I'm think you're pretty right. Cause, so the way that I had had it, I guess I kind of just skipped all of that room. Like, I didn't write any notes for that. But it was like, Eddie, when Eddie's walking, he's playing the harmonica. Yeah. And he uses an inhaler later. And I kind of really like that because he doesn't really have asthma. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a simple nod to that. But then I had, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I must have just jumped... I jumped past all that in my notes. So, yeah, I got the timing a little off on that. Um, no, because I, I actually, because there's two sync scenes with uh, be, uh, with that, that I, I wrote down, like, oh, the ideas that happen later in this scene. Like, oh, wait, no, that happens later. But um, Yeah, so I think that's what I confused myself with. Um, so we see Nebolt, like the house that almost looks like from Salem's Lot, pretty much. And we see the leper that scares him into the backyard. Yeah. And it just... Pennywise just fucking with him at, at this point, yeah. just to scare with him. And not one, it's a tr- it's a inverted triangle of That's, balloons. I'm like, how did he get this? It's like balloon art, but classier, like the hipster balloon yeah. art. I was like, oh, that's cool, though. That was cool. And then, like, of course, like Pennywise lets the balloons, like, rise up, and he has a smile, and if the balloons pop, he leaves. And so... Uh, yeah, this is when Bev discovers the secret admirer. Um, the postcard, yeah. Postcard, uh, which was adorable, by the way. Uh, what were you going to say? It was so cute. Yeah. The, the, it's so but cute. have you ever, like, have you ever gotten anything like that from a secret admirer? Uh, I've I've gotten, like, flowers and stuff that people have not, but I don't. So it's funny, I find this super adorable in this context, but I hate stuff like that. I don't. 
especially because it's like, I, how do I know it's from? And then if I accuse somebody of it, like how she does, she accuses, you know, she accuses. She questions. She Bill. questions Bill, Bill, and he shuts. So I, I don't like that. I'd prefer <laughs> no secret admirers because I feel like too there's a very fine line with secret admirers that it could cross to creepy. Yeah. Like uh, I don't like things being put on my car. Schmaling, idiot schmaling, uh, uh, left a rose one night. So I get out of work at 1, 2 in the morning, and there's a rose and a note on my car. I don't know who it's from, and I'm freaking the fuck out. Who knows where I work? What? Why would they do this? They know I don't want things on the car. Uh, he signed it, your sidekick. Oh, that's fine. That's real. And I, and I, like, it just didn't click. And, like, we were, I'm like, oh, you're the best sidekick. All the time. I just didn't click because I was panicking so bad. So it's things like they mean well and it doesn't work. But it, in this case, it works. Um, but, yeah, I, I find that a little creepy. Yeah. That's in why, real like, life, it's creepy. It's, it's cute in movies. I, I mean, like, I've never done anything like that. I mean, like, whenever I've, like, won something like, like, something like, Getting flowers and like that. I'm putting my name on because I want the credit for yeah. it and everything because I'm just very self-centered like that. Like I want you to know I did this because I'm not insecure whatsoever. In yeah, one of the like I, I think do. if you're gonna do something, just have it delivered and put your name if you yeah. don't want to actually hand it to them. Um, because yeah, like code names and or secret admirers is just creepy. Yeah, <laughs> especially you work late at night or you work far away, things like that. Like right, um, and then. That's when Bev uh, goes to the bathroom and listens. She reads the postcard. Hears the voices in the sink. Goes to it. And has almost sucked down into the sink after measuring it. With and that's her hair. Yeah, it's her hair. That hair that she was so desperate to get rid of that came right back. It's her trying to escape the hold that her father has on her, and she can't. And it's okay. So I love the fact that it's like it's like twenty four feet down. For Dark Tower fans, I would have been cool if it was nineteen. If it was just nineteen yeah. instead of twenty four, but then. We have not just a little bit of blood. We have the fucking elevator scene from The Shining. It, I think it's perfect because you know me. I more blood, yes. always more blood. Um, Unless I'm asking for it to be. Yeah, well, that was with uh, Tim's last movie, DD. Uh, Noelle, who I was doing the makeup on, she is like, "Oh, I feel like I'm too clean," and I'm like, "I feel you, girl. I usually like <laughs> a lot more blood, but I know Tim's Tim's not the same." Um, I think it works because it just goes back to that. It has to have a little bit of a campiness about yes. the amount of blood. It's very much like a nightmare on Elm Street one giant depth where Scully gets sucked into the bed. It has to be a little bit of overkill because these are kids and they're going to handle it a lot differently. Yeah. And I do think some of the best acting from Bev's dad is actually in that scene when he comes in just wondering like, What's going I on? I worry about you, Betty. God, like I was trying to give him some credit because he's <laughs> genuinely concerned. No, moment, he like... wasn't. It was because she was screaming and he, she was interrupting his drinking while watching TV. And uh, I think in the miniseries and I think in the book, it's a spy- She blames it on a spider. Yeah. But uh, this bed, so scared she can't talk, and I kind of look, one the stutter thing works because obviously Bill with his stutter. Yeah. Um. But 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 uh. D- the blood and like I worry about you. Buddy. Yeah, I wor- and he like just moves her hair. First, it's really fucking weird when men move hair in a non like romantic setting. Because I had this happen to my friend at the bar the other day at Hobshron of all places. Uh, some random guy stood like right next to her, and then he was being really weird, and he was like 
trying to hit on both of us. And at one point I look over and he brushed her hair off of her forehead and it's like, whoa, no, 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 we that's, don't touch strangers. You, that's you interrupting somebody's space like yeah, that. Yeah, and I was like, at least buy her dinner first. What are you doing? And then he's like, do you want to go get dinner? We can go to another bar and do shots. And I was like, that's my wife. We had to pull the wife card. We had to, I can't wear a ring because it impedes my tips, but that's my wife. And she's like, I don't, I don't mind because she's the breadwinner. We had to like really try to sell this and it still didn't work. But to see that in person and then the same thing in the book where he just brushes her hair away, her hair that is covered in blood. And this is the first time he realizes that she cut that hair, the hair that almost just tried to kill her. Mind blown. It reminded me of Carrie as well because she's covered yes. in blood as well, like that. Next scene, next we get to see Bill interaction with Pennywise, and the second, in, the second turtle, because the Lego, the, yeah, the Lego uh, turtle, uh, uh, Lego turtle. Um, we see, we see Georgie and Georgie. The big... They casted the creepiest kid in existence because he could do creepy, and he could also do You're cute. He did so. He did. Great, he did so well at cute. But in this scene, I think it kind of he used him as a motherfucking puppet. I mean, but I think he he was too evil right out of the gate. Oh, because like, he had a grin on his face when he's standing in the corner. Well, that's, like, but it was Pennywise yeah. doing it, and I didn't catch that the first time. It was uh, after I think somebody brought it up. One of the articles I watched brought it up, and then one of the articles you watched. Yeah, like on like YouTube. Oh, okay. Like, well, like, you know what I mean? Be a video, not a, yeah, well, it, it, it's a video, but they're also like kind of writing an article. Does that make sense? Okay. No, not at all. I'm tired, y'all. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, like <laughs> yes, I've watched that audio podcast before. <laughs> uh, no, no, busted, no. Because yeah. it, it wasn't a podcast. It was definitely a video on it um, that had brought it up. And I when I watched it last night, so... I think I was just so scared of Pennywise coming out of the water. I didn't yeah. realize he was mouthing the exact same yes. thing that Georgie was saying. And then the, um, like, you'll float too. You'll float too. And I'm like, ah! And it disintegrates. <laughs> and then Pennywise, like, speed vamps, ramps up, like, running towards Bill. And the fact that Bill still doesn't know that Georgie's alive or dead. Yeah. Because that's the big thing. Um, the miniseries, the book... He knows concretely that Georgie is dead. Um, I think this motive, this unknown, works better. Right. So that's why he's so quick to put himself in. And I'm sorry, that fucking cellar is really creepy. Yeah. It's a really freaking creepy cellar. And especially uh, the flooding and dairy and all that stuff. Because, like, that's why there's water in that cellar is because, like, they flood. Yeah. So, like, oh, my God. Like, that whole scene is so fucking scary. I can't with that creepy kid. I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> and so, uh, Bev and Bill's relationship start to blossom after the scene when they clean up. Uh, and and Ben. Ben is friend-zoned so fucking He's hard. not even really friend-zoned, though. He's, like, ignored, and I think that's worse. Right. Like, he doesn't get friend-zoned until a little later. Yeah. But Richie's the lookout, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how fucking long did it take him to clean that bath? How long was he waiting out there? Well, I and mean, he says, too, he's like, couldn't you guys take it any longer? But it's funny, I like that they always throw Richie to be the lookout. Yeah. Because they're so annoyed with yeah, him. I wouldn't want to deal with him, too. But also, I'd love to see the scene when Bev's dad comes home, and it's just Richie just talking a blue streak, trying to distract yeah. him while they're And one of his, like, crazy, oi, oi, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, it is looking so... 
guilty. And, yeah, and because he's bad at the voices now, like yes. he doesn't get good to it until he's successful. Right. Um, after that, we see um, Mike's bike um, turn over to the side, and and Henry's gang, like the Trans Am, like right next to it. So they go yeah. out, and they see that Mike's uh, being uh, bullied by Henry, and then. Mike sees Pennywise in the bushes gnawing on a I man. I missed that the first time I must have ran to the bathroom. So, like, that scared me last night when I was watching. <laughs> I mean, like, since the Forrest Gump meme of, like, this the him waving, waving and then Pennywise waving back, I said that to my sister. She's like, that's even funny. I want to see it just for that scene. Yeah, this is a very, uh, very gifable movie. Yes. Uh, it shouldn't be. But, but it it, even honestly, though the miniseries before this came out too, it's like, hey, I, I can pay off your student loans, and like somebody's crawling down. Oh yeah, crawling down. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, Bev throws the first rock, hits Henry, and then Mike gets over and joins yeah. him on their side. And my favorite moments in it because earlier, uh, I think it was uh, one of the other gang members, the one who protested uh, to Henry like carving uh, his name. Belch, into- right? Belcher. Yes. He was wearing an Anthrax t-shirt to begin with uh, earlier on. And then we see a Metallica t-shirt based off their original title for their first album, Metal Up Your Ass, which was changed to Kill Em All because the record company would not put that album out with uh-uh. that title. Yeah. And so they start, the losers start, finally stand up to Henry and they throw rocks at him. And, it's, and of course, I love the moment Richie screams out, Rock War! And he takes, he's, he's the first one to take a rock yeah. to the face. Yeah. To shut him up, and of course, this is when Anthrax is antisocial. The song comes up in the mix during that scene, and me being a huge Anthrax fan, I'm like in the theater, like I'm looking around, like it's a cool. Nobody thing. else is I'm getting like, this. Like, yeah. oh, fine, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care. And and I love like when Bell's like in the slow motion, fuck you, Birch, and he takes the one into the mm-hmm. face. Like that's really good. Like that's something there should have been CG blood for that. There should have been a broken nose. Like yeah. that's something it should have been like. Catastrophically fucked up his face at that point. Yeah, and this is when Henry starts to lose his power over the losers and over. And it's because they're all together. Yes. This this is the first time we see the power of the seven. And um, after that, we we have um, this is when I realized that Henry and Pennywise have power power parallels here that their sense of fear gives them power yeah over especially the loser club yeah and this is when mike is kind of like in, inducted into the loser club and it's around f- this fourth of july when jerry's a um i want to say is busy with a, a buzzing with, uh, buzzing with, yes there we go i'm like buh, buh, buh. but like, it's a b word I'm, I'm like i'm like and then of course richie's fucking he with beat one. him yeah like, oh, thanks <laughs> Uh, Richie's fucking with, uh, one of the, uh, dudes in the parade. <laughs> I wouldn't have given that to that kid! How did he get- that's what I wanted to know. He's going to just, like, like yank it from his hands? Um, that's the thing. Now, in the book, did Mike play the sax? What was his instrument? I think it was the sax. I think it was the sax, so that's another one where it was just a little- a little nod, you know, to the yeah. original source material. And we hear more about this, the history of Derry and whether in the town square, we see- a clown making um, uh, animal balloons, and I do like the fact that it's a turtle yeah. that, that he makes. And then we find out Richie—we don't see Richie haunted before this point. No, and so they're like all toilet, and they're like, "Oh, everybody's afraid of something." And they're like, "And he's like, yeah." And Eddie goes, "Well, what are you afraid of, Richie?" And he's like, "Clown." 
And like, like, and well, you're so like, oh god, like, are you in for a rude awakening? Kid? Yeah. And so they they agreed they need to do something about Terry, and that's when they combine all their information when they're in the garage mm-hmm. with the map of the town with the old this, pipes. I would arguably say is the best in the entire movie. This really? whole little sequence. <laughs> I love this. I love that it was shown in the trailer, yet they still left stuff out. Yes. You know how in the tra- I was watching the trailer and I was like, great, they just gave away that whole goddamn scene. Nope. Nope. And scared the shit out of me. Um, but yeah, the garage scene is so scary. And literally, my notes say garage scene. So scary. <laughs> <laughs> because they're going through the projection uh, slides of and the, of the town dairy and all the information they've gathered. The garage door is closed. The projector starts going haywire, and that's when Pennywise starts to take over the images themselves, and then literally pops out of the wall, a giant version of himself. they kick the thing over, and it's still going. Yeah. And then he pops out, and it is, it's cheesy, it's very cheesy, but it works, because it goes into everything else, it works because it's this caricature of fear, and He's giant, and he's going right towards Bev, and nobody does anything except for good old Ben. Ben and Mike, I think they opened the garage door. Ben, Mike was the one who knocked over the projector as well. Yeah, uh, Mike knocked over the projector, um, and then Ben opened up the door, I'm pretty sure. Yes. I don't think Mike had a hand in that, but... And then Pennywise disappears. Yeah. So if... And, and is it Richie that's like, what the fuck was Exactly. <laughs> because this is his first interaction with mm-hmm. Pennywise whatsoever. And all of a sudden, just a giant version coming out of the wall. And we've had Bill with his stutter up until this point. And when they realize Kneebolt, that he addresses where the well is where the wells were. Like, that's where the first settle is the 90... One? 91? 90, I forget what the number of settlers were. 91. 91 settlers. I thought you were going for a year. That's why I was like, no, yeah, you no, changed because no, it's like it definitely wasn't founded in 1991 if no, the movie's in 89. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like the first settlers that all of a sudden their blood was leading up to the well and that's the last sight of well, them. And that was cool that you learned that in Ben's room. Yeah. And now it's come back into play. Like, they were very seamless that way, which is why, like, it shocks me that they were so lacking on continuity with the bike. Yeah, I mean... That's total nitpicky right there. That's something I just noticed. And this, like, if you, if Next time I really, see it, I'm going to see it now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thanks a lot, Tim. And so Bill goes <laughs> goes to Nebolt, and that's when he has his big speech where he does not stutter once. Yeah. Which is awesome. And, and his stutter is so much more natural than... Who, who is the kid that plays him in the original? Oh, it's a famous child actor. Yeah, I, I mean, remember having a huge died, crush on him. But he, he died years ago. But as they go into the house, it, like nobody wants to go in, and so like it was, it's just Eddie, Richie, and um, and you know that they drew straws because Richie says I drew the short you straw. You draw the short straw because like Bev was one of the ones that was fine with going in the house and didn't yeah. end up in the house. Right. Um, I think she's <laughs> Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. Excuse me. And that's when Richie sees the missing poster with his face on it and that shirt that he's wearing at the time. They go upstairs, they get separated when Eddie is drawn into one room, or drawn towards another room, while Richie and Bill go into the, down the hallway into another room, when they thought they see the body of the girl that we mentioned before being dragged away. Eddie is separated, we see him interact with the, um, 
the hallway as the hallways uh, the floor bottoms out and drops down to the previous level, which is weird because when they leave, the hole is no longer there. Yeah. Um, but he see like Eddie comes face to face with the leper. He falls through the floor. It lands on the table, breaking it. Yeah. Somehow he lands on his back, breaks his arm. Weird. Oh, I think it was the like. I feel like it's the way he would have felt because if he fell on the table and like that was, landed that, that, on that his, was like, the point of impact, landed, and then, and then rolled, yeah, and then, then he rolled like he pulled his paper. Sorry, I was just looking because you had said that Jonathan Brandis died. So that was suicide by hanging. Didn't John Rid- Ritter die by suicide too? Wait, like, like, wait. Um, or was that a heart attack? Heart attack. He died oh, on okay. set. He died on set of one of the sitcoms he was on. Oh, all right, because I was like, oh my god, if two of the actors in the miniseries, and this is like a whole other poltergeist thing. Happening. Yeah, Never the poltergeist mind, curse. But um, okay. uh, but yeah, so he fell and broke his arm. Yeah, from falling passes outside. out. Uh, Richie gets separated into another room. The clown room, the which clown. we know is... Well, one, it's horrible for anyone who's not doesn't even have a phobia of clowns. Like, that's a creepy room. Because you ever, like, dolls, you know, freaky yes. dolls are, like, Annabelle markets off of that. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing when they're clowns, if not worse. And we do have a Pennywise And the Pennywise clown. Tim Curry Pennywise clown. Though I do have to say the, like, zombie Richie doll, like, yeah. in the casket is really fucking cool. Like, if I can get my hands on one of those, that's... A, cool doll yeah pennywise comes popping out of it beep beep richie um yeah. he doesn't beep beep richie he does beep beep richie not in that way not there's only there's only one kind of weird molester in this movie uh, it's not it's not pennywise <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, like, oh, tim you're losing me <laughs> um the bill and uh richie reunited and they're like this th- now all of a sudden there's three exits Scary, not so scary, not scary at all. I love that they're labeled like that. And of course, not scary at all. We see the half, half of Betty Betty Ripson, the corpse, and they close the door. Like this is not real. It's not real. They open the door again. Yeah. It's the way to get out. And at the same time, when they realize, like, oh, this is just playing on our fears. At the same time, Pennywise is tormenting Eddie downstairs. He's playing with his food. Yeah. I, like, it dawned on me as, one, he comes out like a contortionist out of that freaking fridge, which I thought was like a, is that an ode to Patrick Honsetter's fridge of dead animals? Kind of. Right? I can see it like that. Because, like, even, like, I felt like the arm moving out of it, but, um. He is just torturing him. He's dancing. Yep. Um, and I, I like... I, I kind of like that, like, the, the little... shuffle The thing. shuffle he brings, and then the werewolf hand that comes out the glove later yep. on. And I love he just screams at him at one point. Like, he's he's mocking his cries yeah. of fear. And there was... Uh, there was an interview, I think it was... Uh, I don't know if it was Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel that Bill Skarsgård was on. He was talking about... I'm pretty sure it was this scene where he was going full bore with it and the actor playing Eddie's terrified in the back of Bill's head is like fuck I've gone too far the yell cut and the actor's like that was really good I really like your method right there and like oh all right, well because well, he wasn't allowed to be near them on set they kept him well one he's a very like those are small children yeah. and he's six seven he's that tall he is that tall he is lurch in real life Jesus and oh, actually now I gotta double check it but I'm pretty sure he's like, still the scars guy his father is not that tall um, no I'm pretty sure he's the and that's why he's so hunched but. They kept him apart because they didn't want them to get desensitized to them. It worked. And then I love the moment when Bev comes in with, a, with a, I don't know if it was 
fire poker or just a piece of fence and just rams. Rams him. She does that a lot, too. I'd be scared of that girl. And I love, like, I, I immediately thought of, like, Guillermo del Toro's, like, ghost movies where, like, the blood would trickle out of the person's head and float upward. Like, if it had no gravitational pull. Like, if it yeah. just, and, and I love it. I like that, though. Yeah. I, like, I get such a kick out of and that. And then Pennywise is kind of stunned by this, A, because of just the physical pain, and B, it's just like, wow, this is not working. Backs off. And then it's when Bill finds, like, the well. He's 6'4", he's not 6'7". Still. I'm just dramatic. You know who's 6'7"? Aaron Judge. That's who's 6'7". That's why I had that number in my head, because everybody's been talking about the Yankees. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's 6'7". That's okay. I was going to say, like, like, where did I get 6'7 from? Like, 6'4 is nothing to see. Like, I'm 6'2", and I consider myself relatively tall. No, you are tall. And then Dakota's what, like a... 6'3"? Yeah. And then his brother's 6'4", I think. Yeah, so it's like, you guys are very tall, so... So, and then Bill, um, Eddie, Eddie's mom that we kind of, we didn't mention before is obviously the person who's driving Eddie's hypochondria feelings, um, freaks the fuck out on these kids because you would, A, any parent probably would be mad the kids that were playing with them, my kid got hurt, B, yeah. he's that she's super sensitive to him being injured or kind of she... murdered anyway. Uh, is desperate to keep him close. Yes. So for her to let him out is a big thing, and for him to be injured when she literally keeps him doped up on every judge. Because you remember, he's like, I don't want to put this on my account because my mom will put me in the ER for a week. Yeah. Um. But she doesn't just flip out. She's downright nasty. Like Especially the Bev. The Bev. Who calls a 13-year-old girl a slut? Right. That is just, that's next level. Next level. I mean, you're right. Like, you're going to be like, oh, you guys are the reason my kids hurt, blah, blah, blah. Especially the hover parents that we have, like, now. Yeah. But, back to, I've yet to see one redeeming adult in any of this. Not one. In the book, there are. Right. Mike's dad is great. The librarian's great. There are lights in the darkness. There is none in this world. Not one. And so, after that, that's when Pennywise's plan is starting to work because everybody separates. Bill cold clocks Richie at one point. Yeah, and they play this song. I don't, I don't know who it's by, but it's like that Dear God song. It's like this like child singing. And yeah. as they're going through everybody and like Stan getting... Um, Stan finally doing the bat mitzvah. Uh, Mike is able to kill the sheep yeah. without remorse. Um, Richie finally gets to do his street fighter that he had wanted to from yeah. the get-go. Uh, so they're all, they're doing their thing. And this is at the point where we see the Nightmare on Elm Street poster in the background, Nightmare 5, which I kind of think it's a missed opportunity. We didn't see Pennywise pretend to be Freddy Krueger Well, that point. was a big thing. People had said that. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking about that last night when I was watching the trailers because Ready Player One came yes. in and Freddy Krueger's in the trailer for yep. that. Another Warner Brothers release, by the way. And I was like... See, I in Ready Player One, it makes sense. Yes. Because they're full blasting you with nostalgia. Mm. This one, it's supposed to be more gentle. And I think going with, which is the same reason why I think The Mummy was underplayed, why The Werewolf Claw came out, but not... The full-blown. Full-blown. I think they wanted to pay homage to those fears um, without overkilling. I think Freddy would have been overkill. Because at this point... And I, I feel this is not my original thought. I know I've heard this somewhere before. Uh, it's just he would have part five 
Freddy Krueger would have been too common, you know? Like, the kids would have been used to him by then. Good point. Um, At this point, that's when Eddie's at the pharmacist, and he's getting his prescription refilled, and that's when um, the pharmacist's daughter, Greta, tells him about... little bitch. little bitch. (laughs) Tells him that... At least... Tells him his pills are fake. Which is not who tells... It's the pharmacist, but... They take that out. In the miniseries, they tell the pharmacist does too, but it's it's very low key. And then she writes "loser" on his. That, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And She's just a fucked up individual. Um, and that's when Eddie Label confronts his mother. Like these are gazebos. So, I love that. I think it's it's perfect. It works. But I gotta tell you, it did hurt that they changed the whole scene in the book because that book scene where he like goes kind of like cold on his mom and like calculating is one of my favorite scenes because it's just like you know a mother wouldn't keep their own son sick would they and they wouldn't do like he has this like adult coming out of his tiny fragile body um so the comedy in this works and the gazebos is so adorable you can't because it is you you can see a kid saying something like that and then but I am a little, it, it hurt a little bit that it wasn't that deep, dark scene that I was hoping for. I just think of uh, Sixth Sense where the mother is poisoning her daughter. Yeah, same her. thing. Cause they but, she, but she went too far and killed her daughter. Yeah. I mean, like, you could theoretically see Eddie's but, mother accidentally possibly doing that. And th- Yeah, and because in the book, uh, when his arm's broken, the nurse wants to set it. And the mom was giving them such a hard time. She gave them such a hard time because they wanted to run, like, a test. And she, like, the nurse was, like, telling, basically looking at the doctor, like, you got to get this woman out of here. And the doctor couldn't stand up to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really feel like had he not had that moment where he was like, you wouldn't do that, would you? And you wouldn't let me, you know, I need my friends. You're not going to keep them from me, right? Just like I'm going to keep taking my medicine because that's the right thing to do. Uh, you needed that moment. You needed yeah. that threat. But it is it is really cute. The, I, can't, I can't fault the gazebo because it fits with this Eddie so much. Yeah. Um, nice and like, Harry goes crazy. I'm like, who the hell is Harry? I'm like, oh, it's Henry. <laughs> I, I went full Harry Potter. Harry. <laughs> Harry goes crazy and kills Apatina. Did you put your name into the coffin? <laughs> um, Henry Bowers is fucking around with his dad's 45 and uh, almost kills a cat his father takes the gun away from him says my favorite line and what is that so as he's shooting his feet and henry starts to cower he's like ain't nothing like a little fear to make a paper man crumble and i was like yes that is genius and you know because that's another setup be paid off later with how pennywise dissipates yep um henry is so embarrassed and everything and then all of a sudden he sees a red balloon and finds his knife that he lost when he was chasing after Ben originally when he went down the hill. And he kills his father. What is that patricide? What? What is it called when you kill like the parents? Is it patricide? I have no idea. Uh, like I know there's I know there's a legit term to I, I think there's just, a legit term. But um, of course like some people complain about like the the children's uh, variety show like kill him kill them all kill them all i thought it was morbidly hilarious i did too because well one the scene is like you're you're like is he gonna do it yeah is he gonna do it and then you hear like the, 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 the just, and then the blood's coming out and it's like yay 
yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, this is so sick. Patricide, the the killing of one's father. Yeah. Oh. So it is. Matricide being the mother version. The more you know. Yeah. The more you Double rainbow. <laughs> oh, God. I have not seen sass hands in a while. Did you? Like, you hadn't even said anything sassy right there. I haven't said anything. I think it's because it's just the two of us. So if I was over sassy, it'd be weird. I mean, I need Dakota as like non sass to balance. You yeah, out. Uh, yeah, Mr. Serious over there. Um, okay, this scene, next scene, when has gotten a little bit of criticism. It's the very next scene where Bev stands up to her father. Mm. Knocks him the oh she fucking kills him, she pretty much kills him with and and I, I, it was a great moment here. Then she's kidnapped. That's the problem, people. That's the thing people have a problem with. Well, because she's so empowered at this point. She's so, which is exactly why she had to be kidnapped. That's why she couldn't be killed. Because Pennywise is playing a part in the father acting the way that he's acting. Right. So. What she was supposed to respond is terror. What she responded was, you can go fuck yourself, essentially. So Pennywise's plan didn't work. And now he's been kind of laying low. And he knows that it's almost time for the, what's they call him in the book? I think it's a big sleep, but whatever. Um, So he's getting a little desperate now. Because he's got his eyes on these seven kids and he can't seem to get them. And it's got a grudge to settle. So... It's got a great settlement. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so clever. Uh, so he couldn't frighten her, so he had to take her to frighten the others. Right. So that's, I mean, I could see what you're saying because she is so empowered. But like I said, the best thing about Bev is that she is so empowered, but she's also so vulnerable. Right, and like some people complain, like it's funny thing. It's like mostly like men has been complaining about this. It's like princess is kidnapped, men got to storm the castle to go save her and everything. And I, that is the inciting incident that gets everybody back together. That's the rallying point. Yeah, and but it's also what would be the rallying point for them? I don't know. If Eddie was kidnapped. If if Eddie was kidnapped, when Eddie was the reason that Bev got called a slut. I mean, I'm pretty sure Bev would go back, but. What's Mike's ties to to Bev? I mean, not to Bev, to Eddie. Mike doesn't have any ties. Bev is the connecting force. There's something about Bev that each of them is a little bit in love with. It's that first love. So is it a little bit of the damsel in distress? Yes. But I also think she is the only one. Yeah. Which is, I mean, in the book. Logically, it makes sense. Yeah, because even in the book, she's the only one that could bring them together by sleeping with all of them. Yeah. It's so weird. Stephen King, you're so weird. Yeah, but weird sexual things have always been kind of part of his books, especially in like that age, especially like. Weird sexual things are part of life. Yes, I understand that. But it's just like, it's very taboo. Um, And it's just like how how apparently very. Graphic detail of, like, each person comparing. Yeah. Super. That was weird. Because these are kids and you're thinking about... But that's what he's aiming to do. He's aiming to get in your head and be like, listen, I'm telling you sexual things about kids. You know this is wrong. How many Law & Order SVU episodes have you watched? So uh, that's what's so disturbing about it. And that's what sticks with you. But I, I just think she... Even though it is the damsel in distress... Is it... No, I was going to say, can we use Princess Peach? But no, you can't because... That is the definition of... You know you know what I mean, though? Like, where everybody goes to save the princess, and then the princess ends up, like, saving the day anyway. Right. Because, I mean, you think about it... They, princess Leia. Princess Leia. Yeah, Princess Leia is a perfect example. Um, 
but you know Bev they they end up there because because of Bev but it's not Bev that misses out in killing Pennywise yeah so um so everybody goes back to the Ebolt uh, Stanley's like the last one to like to hold out but yeah. he eventually does Stan is an interesting character which I have my theories of what's going to happen in chapter 2 so they go in they go down the well that's when Henry Bowers shows up and Mike's the last person to go down the rope and he gets attacked by Henry while everybody else is down the well and in like in that little nook yeah that goes into the sewers Mike has got the um I don't know um, what that's called. What kind of gun? It, it, it's, it's a it's a bolt. Um, Scary as fuck. That's yeah, what no, it that's is. how they kill. That's how that's how they kill animals I, nowadays. I don't love that. That was not my. But it's the same thing that like um, Anton Chigurh had in No Country for Old Men. I never ran through Old Country for Old Men. <laughs> the fuck, man! <laughs> I, every time I, that was my tip for you. It okay, sounds bad, but like I literally put it on every time and I fall asleep. I can't make it through. I don't... I, I like, the guy's not giving me a tip for much. It's quite... That's petty. Not just no You don't even drink, Tim. You're not going to tip. <laughs> I try to tip you. You put, I know, you push I know, my I tip away. Bad. I so. know. <laughs> and you know what? Don't get me... Don't get Yeah, Tim me. is one of those awesome people that try to tip on water. Take note, customer. <laughs> so, um, Mike and Henry Bowers go at it. Um, and he ends up fucking um, sending Henry down the well... And presumably to his death. Presumably. Presumably, which is awesome. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to think he's dead. Yeah. Just like later on you're supposed to think it is dead. Yes. Um, Stanley gets separated from the group. And he gets attacked and he gets fucked up pretty hard by... By that goddamn page. Well, uh, that stupid woman in the picture is so freaky and that mouth is so scary. And it reminded me of another movie. There's a found footage, like, possession movie. I think it's, like, The Possession of Megan or The Haunting of Megan something. It's on Netflix. At one point, when she becomes possessed and she tries to eat her granddaughter, like, her jaw opens up and it's, like, her gnawing on her granddaughter's head at Well, one point. Uh, I think they say to the, the woman and mama, the spirit and mama. Which was directed by, by him. Film. Yeah. So this was also him being inspired from that imagine your childhood well actually i guess you would know this more than anybody else but childhood things that really should be insignificant but playing such a huge role in your like adult life yes and that i mean the thing i like too was the blood like you know me and and my effects i love that they literally had like where the teeth would be. Yeah. And the blood literally dropped like it would. It was just these just random bots. Yeah. So his face looked fine. His face was fine, but it was the side of the face. And I love the fact that he, he calls out his friends like, is you abandoned me? You left me, yeah. Which, if you know the book, that he ends up killing himself later on because he doesn't want to deal with that again. And he probably saw... He's the weakest link. And he probably saw the deadlights when he was being gnawed on. Uh... Possibly. I don't know if he did because it wasn't Pennywise and Pennywise's true form. Yeah. But so that's why I don't know. I don't. I don't remember if it's the a, deadlights would work like that. It's a. It's possibly. I mean, like another thing yeah. that that somebody has brought up on other because shows. He would have been hypnotized. Right. That's a good point. But at least the, him being the weak link. There's one theory that somebody has brought up on, on one of the shows I've listened to that that Henry Bowers does not come back in Chapter Two, but potentially. And Stan is the one oh. that Pennywise manipulates to take on the group. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, 
it, it would be a swerve. It would be really cool. Yeah, it would be a swerve. I mean, they, you know, they, especially with everything with Mike being different. Yeah. So it's potential. Oh. I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, I trust at this point with how much I like the movie, I trust whatever vision they choose. To yeah, go and especially like they want to go weirder with the second part, yeah. and it definitely seems like they're going to. Um, we see Bev try to escape, and this is when we get the Pennywise dance. I. So this, I know everyone makes fun of it. I love the whimsical element of yes. this whole thing because at the end of the day, he's a fucking clown. Yeah. Uh, the, the way that the bodies are, like, it's got that Tim Burton meets Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Like, it just has that element to it. And, like, when he's saying, you'll float too. He's legit saying, you will float. No, like, in. and that's, you'll legitimately float. Like, that's what he's telling you. Um, as funny as it is to watch him dance to every other different song, that's still kind of creepy that he's doing this weird shuffle thing and that it's like it's getting louder and that he jumps fucking like nine feet, feet. Yeah. and lands right in front of her and he shows he exposes himself to her and shows him his deadlights, yeah. um, which was cool to see and I'm glad they included that. That's when Beth starts to float but doesn't die. Yeah, because she was not afraid of him. Um, Bill gets there, sees Bev, but that's when he sees George. He's missing and his arm. And once again, Bev plays second fiddle <laughs> with Bill. Bill literally is like, I'll be back, Bev. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I got to deal with my brother, yeah. which is a great scene. And I'll get to that in a second. That's when the rest of the losers show up. They pull Bev down from it. Ben kisses her to snap her what out. A, like, that's, I mean, if you're going to go princess, it would be that. Yeah. You know. Oh, true love's kiss. Yeah, very Snow White. Pay attention, Bev. You're meant to be with Ben. <laughs> um, they go up to uh, Bill, who's talking to Georgie, who's like wants to get home and everything. It was one line said, I think like, you were going to kill me, Bill, if I didn't let... I think it's that line. That's the line. And I'm imagining that's what Bill realized. This is not Georgie. I thought it was the boat when he was like, it's going to... She. Oh yes, she calls, she. calls it it. No, yeah, he call yeah, it he she. Ca- yeah, and he's like, it's a she. You call boats. That's she, the that's the, my bad. That's the line he realizes that this is not Georgie. This is Pennywise. That's what I think. That's the deciding fact that he's gonna. Kill. That's yeah. That's when he realized. Okay, Georgie is definitely dead. This is not Georgie, and especially. He's the one. He was the voice of reason. I was like, this is not real. This is how this works. This is how. So he was essentially finally following his own advice. Mm. And so, but that it, it is very, to see that he had been searching for Georgie this whole time, that everything was for Georgie. And he pulls that thing right to Georgie's head. Oh, that transformation too. Yeah, it seemed like it hurt. That transformation was fucking sick. Cause especially maybe because I just watched Monster Squad and like the werewolf tra- Transformation is obviously very outdated now, um, but just the, the the popping and the the legs the, shooting out like whoop, whoop, and yeah. then, he, then he just the the sit up and then he comes to his feet. Um, marionette like, yeah, very marionette like, and I like that. And then there's a struggle. Pennywise grabs a hold of Bill and says, "Let I'll let you, I'll let you guys go. You have successful lives and everything. Just let me have this one." Richie's fake out, man. And he's like, uh, "You brought me down here. You hit me. I'm here in Greywood. Now I gotta kill this fucking clown." And he, everybody, and I love somebody was making fun of it. Like, 
They're like, everything was cool up until this point here, and then all of a sudden it became really shaky. It looked like a Jason Bourne movie where they're beating the shit out of him at this point. You know what, too, I, it made me think of? I mean, this is like our Harry Potter nerd life. But I was like, oh, it's the boggart. It's like when it gets so confused by the class and everything. It's, it's that same feel. Because, I mean, essentially Pennywise and a boggart are the same. Yeah. And he's trying to scare them, and he he goes to each different form that scares everybody. You get the mummy. You get, to you get the mummy. Yeah. Uh, Eddie gets doused in vomit and crap. Just well, and, and, we'll and, and my notes are like the the losers beat down Pennywise like like they're the members of the LAPD or something like that. <laughs> and I did chuckle with myself while I read it because I thought I thought it was, I thought it was clever. clever too. Uh, the, um, and so he gets to a point that he is stuttering. That Pennywise is stuttering, and he tries yeah. to recite the lines. So, and I was I was talking this out, so we know I have a lisp, you can probably hear it. Um, Which I, I often forget about. Yeah, a lot of people do, and, because it's a, ve- it's a very gentle lisp, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. Um, and I was like, that's, like, that's dumb, like, why would he say that? And then I'm like, he doesn't have the same speech impediment than you, that's a different tongue, like, my tongue twister, if I was trying to get rid of it, would be the Sally Cells. Right. I don't even want to do it, because it's going to sound so bad. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. I would have to say that over and over and over again. And it's awful. It's so embarrassing. But I like, because we have heard Bill say it multiple times. And you hear it a lot more in the book. But you you did hear him say it multiple times in this movie. So Pennywise repeating that back to Bill. And it's like, that. Oh, it's something that the kid, the other kids wouldn't get. Like, that's a direct shot at Bill. Yeah. Because unless... He, I doubt he was saying it in front of them because it is... I don't like to say that tongue twister. So I can't imagine him wanting to say that in front of his friends when he's trying to improve his stutter. Mm. Oh, it's so freaky. He turns to the paper. The bodies float down from yeah. the little... I did... It'd be funny, like, if it was just, like... Instead of them gently floating down... Just drop... Pop, 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 pop. I kind of like the gentle. Yeah, no, yeah, I but think I think Makami's saying we play like. Pop, 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 like pop, they have pop, to like play like Frogger with exactly, dead with... children's bodies. <laughs> wow, because because I'm a sick bastard like yeah. that. Yeah, so, next level, Tim. <laughs> I know. And it's like you wonder why I have I have so few friends and stuff like that. It's because of shit like that. No, we're all I, I know. We're all along for your weird ass ride. I mean, obviously, <laughs> would have wouldn't agree to do this. <laughs> Final scene: We see Bev talking about a dream she had, obviously hinting at the future. Well, I like, and she's like, I can't really remember all of it, but which is they end up not remembering right, all. Because of it. Of being which adults. I also think, I think because they said they're going to do flashbacks with the kids. They're gonna put. It's like, do you remember when we did this? Like, they're gonna be able to uh, elaborate and bring in some of those darker scenes that they did have to cut out um, because she made that, like, that line of dialogue left the door open. Yeah, and they got to bring those kids back. I mean, those kids were excellent. Totally. And then they all do the blood oath, and there was one moment AIDS. like AIDS. That's all we gotta say. <laughs> and Bev's leaving, and Bill's just sitting there, and like I, I was, I was inches away from yelling at the screen, "Just kiss her, you idiot!" And it's just like singing like the Kiss the Girl song. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I know there have been times in my life that I wish somebody yelled at me, and I'm like, I, I, the irony was not lost in me. Like, ah, oh, like, yeah, and they're because that's what it is. They're at that age. So yeah, you don't. I mean. Our age, people don't always get the cute, like, so it was done perfectly. Then yeah. They had to, like, run. And so she, she's moving. She's moving. She's getting she's getting away from the town. That's what she wanted. Um, 
We don't know for sure if her dad's alive or dead, right? No, I'm gonna... I'm going with dead. Yeah, with a shot like that from the top of the toilet to the head. But she did... But he... But she did say, I can stay as long as I want. Yeah. So, like, I think they also left that open, too. Right. Oh, yeah, because he's not supposed to be dead. But no. he did take a hit. Yeah. And so the movie ends with it... it how coming up and saying this is chapter one, hinting out to you at chapter two. Um... All right, so before we wrap it up, I guess we'll talk, like, who's your favorite kid actor, favorite scene, least favorite scene, and thoughts of the future? Um, well, obviously, we know I love Bev. Um, I'd have to say Ben otherwise stole – he stole my heart. I thought he was perfect. Um, he plays shy without being forgotten about because I feel like Stan plays shy, and he's very easy to overlook. Um, so I would probably say, yeah, Bev – and isn't it so funny that I literally said before that this is my favorite scene and I can't, oh, the garage scene, the yeah. garage scene is my favorite. I'm like, what was my favorite scene? Um, the, my least favorite scene, I don't really know. You know what? I was very happy about because it would have been my least favorite scene. There was no motherfucking snakes. I thought there was going to be some goddamn snakes in this motherfucking movie, and there was none. I was very pleased because I was like, a, a movie about about fears. Snakes are bound to come up, and they did not, and I was very pleased. <laughs> um, but I will come back to the least favorite. Okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite character is probably Bev and Richie because of... Oh, so good. Because Bev just being like the the person that like could look up to and everything, yeah. and just being the exemplary person of the of the group, even more so than Bill, because Bill's just so single minded in his own goals, yeah. so much so that it does drive a wedge into the group part of Pennywise's plan, and Richie just being the comedic foil to everything, yeah. And just I'm I I'm a vulgar person in life, so <laughs> just so like I just attribute it to that, um, and the fact that he's so different from. Mike on Stranger Things, and the funny thing is, Andy, who I mentioned before, he was at San Diego Comic Con for the Stranger Things two panel, and the kid playing him is much more like Richie than he is Mike on. He's like, guys, I'm like a little shit. I'm like, I wonder if it was just because of just the fame, or if he just been coming off it, and that was because of it. I don't know because of it didn't mean like that. That out, Um, I was gonna say Ben, but I'm like, that ah, there's, there's too much of me in Ben. Okay. Fair. And so I'm just like, no. I mean, there's no there's nothing against Ben whatsoever. Be you, Ben, and and you will finally <laughs> do you, boo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Live every day like, like you're Glenn, Glenn Coco. Coco. Uh, favorite scene. It might be the first knee bolt encounter when they go in. No, when they go into the house for the first time. Oh. Okay. And they're separated. That I think it was just really terrifying. And then we see. Like the we at one point we see fake Eddie come out of the bed. At Wait, one, so this is your least favorite? That's no, my favorite scene. Oh, okay. Least uh-huh. favorite scene. Um, I don't know why I got confused. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, maybe just bed being the garbage dumped on her because I just didn't want that to happen. Like, yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't have like a. There's not no scene that bothers other than, me. Right? I guess like the Henry, like I Henry bothers me. Right. So when he's on screen, other than when he's killing his dad, um. I'm not a fan. I just he, the the mullet makes sense. It's the time period, but like I don't know, he just doesn't ring true as like a a true blood bully. Um, I I hopefully that'll be 
hopefully that'll iron itself out. I, that's I'm I have a lot of hope works. for the next movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I I think there's a lot of any of the issues in this movie, and I think they are very small. Um, I think they'll be ironed out in the next one. Gotcha. Um, what are your hopes for the next one? Um, well, I'd like I I really hope they keep Bev's character on that that what do they call it seesaw. That seesaw, vulnerable, empowered, vulnerable, empowered. Um, I hope they keep that. And I kind of hope they go back a little bit more towards Mike's original storyline. Um, because I, I think he deserves that. I think he deserves to be the one that brings them back together. And I kind of don't want them to do the whole Stan thing. I, I hope that Stan comes off. That's mean. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Stan dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I... I I think if they keep doing what they're doing, and if they make changes that are worth changing, not just change for change's sake, mm-hmm. um, and and just put the little nods to everybody, I think I'll be I think I'll be happy with the next one. Nice, and I think the same thing. I, I wanted the since like like the scares were like they, they were jump scares in this movie, but they were never false jump scares. There was yes. never a it was never like, oh, like a friend scaring you with a music cue. Like, if there was a music cue for a jump scare, it was because of Pennywise or something. That yeah, Pennywise was there. Yeah. So you, like... That's why I never had a problem. With, I don't have a problem with jump scares if they're not That's weird. Ones. Like, like I, don't, I can't even emulate the sound. Like, it, it's it's so distinct that I can hear it in my head, but I can't... Uh, I think by the next one, though, we'll all be able to do it the same way we could do the... Yeah. And, um... So, like, for this, like, go... Really terrify the audience, like really yeah. go. Well, go it's for adults it. now, so yeah. now you don't have to teeter toddle. You could it would just... just be student loan officers coming after uh, the kids. Sally May coming to get you, bitch. <laughs> well, just, I mean, I'd be like, I'm not going to Jerry. Like they'll find me there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to be scary. Like go if they if they hint at the turtle, go for the turtle. They're gonna really go for it. I... It's gonna be it's gonna be a hard sell. <laughs> I, I understand it could be. Uh, a hard sell. I get, I get the yin to the yang. I get what he's doing, but like that part in the book, I was like, "This is some weird ass shit." Like it just seems like a weird acid trip that everybody's on. Well, I mean, it's because like so much of like King stuff comes from like H.P. Lovecraft and, and cosmic horror and everything, yeah. and especially like if you, especially the mist. The mist is so Lovecraftian in that regard. So, and I can kind of see like Pennywise being almost like an extension of that. But um, I wonder how they're going to do – I love how, like, at one point where Pennywise, when he's morphing into different things, like his arms – like his legs turn into, like, crab legs. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, a hint of his true form that we'll see later on in the Yeah, because, I mean, we didn't – we didn't get a spider out of this. No. And just like snakes, spiders are a huge fear for people. Um, so I, I am – I'm curious. I'm just curious. That I and I think that's the best thing you can be for a movie like this. I, curious, um, because the people who went to go see this, this was such a, a cross genre hit. I think next one, they should just do it. Sell the horror. Just go straight for it, because those people who would have normally passed up someone like Dakota who really should go watch it. Yeah. Um, people who who would have passed up on this, but people were like, oh, it's not just a scary movie. Like, there's more to it. I think those people are ready. Push them. Let's let's get them into a horror movie. And, the, and I'm all for that. I think the only, like, possible thing is, like, it could turn people off. Yeah. 
I mean, because, like, I'm thinking, like, how huge of a success it was. Yeah. Now I think you... it's gonna, it, you can't, it's gonna disappoint some people. Yes. There's no, it, the reason it was the so wide was... should be too high. Now. Yes. Now, it's the same thing, like, I don't want, like, to watch the trailers. My expectations are already up. There's nothing I can do to turn that off. Mm. So now I am going to pay attention to the trailers. I am going to look up stuff because at this point, you're going to let down. It's just you just have to make a really good movie so you can get over that hurdle. If it's not what people expect, at least make it so good they can't deny it. You know what I mean? Right. And um, final thoughts. I don't have any. <laughs> well, I asked that a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is interesting. Just being the two of us, it's like, oh, we got to keep on going. There's no. Yeah. But this was fun. But no, though. but I think it was. It was never. It wasn't like yeah. we're pulling teeth or anything like that. So I think. No, we're really not boring. Point. We're interesting people. <laughs> yeah, that's for true. <laughs> if I say so myself. <laughs> yeah, I really just wipe dust on your shoulder yeah. while you're at it. Yeah, I'll brush your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. If you want people to follow you on social media, where can they find you? I'm on Facebook. I'm on so on social media. I'm, I'm on that social media. So those... I'm on those social media things. Snapchat, uh, Instagram. Um, it's Nikki Muggle or Nikki Muggle One. Nothing too crazy. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Timothy Rooney Two. My Instagram at T Rooney Ten Twelve. Facebook and YouTube pages. My production page is called Through the Lens Productions, uh, where my latest short film. Jack is up. Oh, actually, the promo for uh, October's Month of Horrors. Well, my, we have, have two shorts on the way, one called DD, which Nikki was very gracious to help me with. That will be going up on Halloween. The outtakes are hysterical. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I have also another short that will be coming as well very soon. Um, Nikki, I want to say thank you for doing this for me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Tim. Okay, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about more horror movies and going forward. So looking forward I will to that. start watching Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre now. Yes. <laughs> um, stay tuned. There's a very special promo at the end of this episode. So when it goes quiet, just wait a few seconds and wait for that. And there's news coming from this show. Uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this review of It 2017. And we'll talk to you soon. Welcome to this special announcement at the end of the 2017 IT review and the end of October's uh, Month of Horrors, where I want to, well... We Mark, tease this to you in the Thing review. Yes, as you can tell, it's Mike Wilson and I back to talk to you about a little program that we're coming up with. But it's actually Mike's idea, so let, Mike, I'll let you take away with this. Well, folks, Halloween is going to continue. Tim and I are proud to announce that in the vein of his Pottercast that he does with Nikki and Dakota... Mm-hmm. We are going to continue a tradition similar to that by reviewing the entire Halloween series. Yes. This will be One Good Scare. Mm-hmm. That's will be the name of the series, and we'll be reviewing one Halloween movie starting uh, I don't know if January of 2018 uh, up 20- until October. Um, what we're going to do is starting, obviously, January, we're going to original Halloween, February Halloween 2, March Halloween 3, April Halloween 4, May Halloween 5, June... Halloween 6, producer's cut and theatrical cut. Yes. Um, what was that, June? Yeah. Yes. July, Halloween H2O. August. August. That's my bur- I have to review Halloween Resurrection <laughs> on my birthday. Fuck everything. <laughs> I knew I'm, cur- I'm cursed like Michael Myers. Yo, Mikey.
Happy fucking birthday! September, we are actually going to re-upload our two-and-a-half-hour uh, podcast we did last year on Rob Zombie's Halloween, but we will also release that month brand new, his his Halloween 2. We'll probably put a little um, message at the beginning of the, of the Zombie's Halloween one just talking about maybe if we have any more input, any feelings, mm-hmm. and is going to all cap off next October with the release of the currently titled Halloween, the, the latest sequel reboot. Which is being executive produced, executively, is that how you say it? Executively produced? Executive produced. Executive produced by John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis is, ret- I almost said Jamie Lloyd, Jamie Lee Curtis returning. Yeah, released through Blumhouse uh, um, Productions along with, uh, in uh, partnership with Malik, uh, with the Maliks and um, Dimension Films. With the Akkads. Yes, the Akkads. Uh, man, why I say Maliks? Well, uh, this movie was, re- it was recently announced that this one is going to negate every Halloween sequel, including Halloween 2, which is a fucking game changer, because now this really, after 40 years of having having it hammered in your head that Laurie Strode was Michael Myers' sister, that is no longer a factor. Would that one decision change the entire... Halloween series? Yes. To the point where, like, I even see, I've looked at uh, HalloweenMovies.com's Instagram and their Twitters, and I see replies from people... Just confused, like wasn't Laurie Strode already killed? Wasn't this, you know? So I'm wondering, like, how, this is what one of the concepts we're looking for is how our audience is going to take to the fact that you know, since 1981, that's what 36 years now at the time of this. Something we've been told for 36 years is now no longer a thing. How will older audiences that that watch these movies when they were teenagers take to it? How will audiences our age, you know, saw them? When we were younger and then just picked up on the sequels as they came out, how will audiences today react to it? Because mm-hmm. a lot of audiences today can go back, see the original Halloween as the classic it is, love it, and maybe not necessarily get into the sequels yet. Mm-hmm. But now we'll have this sequel as a fresh start. Right. It op- it raises a lot of questions. It opens a lot of doors. Um I, I made my feelings to Tim known. I think you were a little I think you were a little annoyed at me when I texted you that. Yes, because I, because I knew what your mindset was going to be, and I did not want to get into a texting argument with you because I want to, I want to be open minded to this, and I didn't want to soil that idea outright. So that's why I was very curt with you. I apologize for that. You were just like, you don't have to go see it. No. Yeah, I, I realized that I texted. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's such a dick move for me to say. <laughs> and I was like, mm. I, I mean, like, I did like flip out on another friend earlier this week, but I, I had per, I had good reason. Was to it about Halloween? Knows because he had I he's like been wanting to be on my podcast, but and yeah I haven't had him on yet and he's just bitching about that and so is he going to listen to this? I don't think he listens. So if he if he doesn't listen, then I don't know why I should have him on. That's I know it's the roughest thing to say. Ooh, All right, there may be a hard edit right here, folks. Whatever, I'm not I'm not naming him by by name, so I know he's a he, but like if he doesn't if let's just keep narrowing it down, you know. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> But regardless, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna watch that, and and part of uh, I guess by next October you'll do the whole one podcast a week for each week in October, and maybe we'll end end next October's uh, Halloween podcastathon with a review of the new Halloween. Right. Um, so yeah, so I look forward to that, and um, so yeah, everybody keep a lookout on one good scare. And, An uh, extension of anything goes. Yes. In the and, vein of the great Pottercast. Right. So. 
everybody. I hope everybody's looking forward to that. And this is this will we have plenty of stuff things in, in the pipeline. Uh, we have a few interviews coming up for other things as far as the show, as well as a bunch of other new and uh, returning guests coming to uh, other John Carpenter kind of properties will be part of. And so look forward to that. And have a happy Halloween. Yep, happy Halloween, everybody.